0: On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're tackling a trio of shows that underline the perils of reproduction. We learn the consequences of playing God when the hosts continue to run amok in or rather out of Westworld in that show's third season. We discover what happens when your son is an irredeemable bell end and goes off to university in Mrs. Fletcher. And we discover firsthand the horror of having three kids under eight in breeders. And if that wasn't enough, Boyd sat down with the stars of that show, Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard, to get an in the trenches first-hand account when they dropped by the podcast for an interview. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show that has, per Beth's mandate, taken a long, hard look at our own carbon footprint and can happily report that all the intros and gags are 100% recycled and thus green as summer grass. Uh, Joining me today is the woman herself, the environmental avenger the queen of conservation, the czar of sustainability, it's Pilot's very own dirty streamer, Miss Bethany Webb.
1: You got it right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting that I wasn't listening to another word. You just just, like, Does he
0: get my name right? Does he get my name right? <laughs> yes. I'm just going to call you Bethany from now on. That's going to be... Does anyone call you Bethany? Do your parents um, call you Bethany?
1: My grandma when I've been very naughty. So... Bethany! <laughs> yeah.
0: Put it down! Beth... Take that out of your mouth! <laughs> that sort of thing.
1: Yes, which is yeah. how you speak to me anyway on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, which so. is
0: fine. So I can... It's like a discipline. Polinarian kind of tone. (laughs) Good, good. We can make that work. Mm -hmm. We can make that work. Uh, Also with us today, as all days, is a man who, and this is absolutely true, has the carbon footprint of a small South American nation, but only, only because he's being used as a tax dodge to offset the emissions of all his celebrity friends. It's Boyd Hilton.
2: I think that's accurate, yeah. (laughs) I think when you've got a 78-inch television, um that I mean, what is the footprint hard, of your yeah, telly? It's a big footprint. It is a big It footprint. can't be good. No. And also, I, I'm one of those people who doesn't, you know, it does go on to, what's it called? When it's on, you know, standby or whatever, yeah. and it's not really fully off. I don't unplug it and everything. you supposed to do all that on. you. I am terrible. I'm a disgrace you. Oh, humanity. dear boy. Do you, do you start, you, start you, getting go. picketed by Do you have one of those meters um, that, that goes
0: and no. when you turn
2: on the TV, does it go into the red I and stop vibrating? I don't have any kind of meter, no. It, wow. I'm just, just hugely wasting it. Just to, uh, yeah.
0: You're so I'm a, a disgrace. A one man global warming Absol- phenomenon. <laughs>
2: disgrace, yeah. 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 That's, Apologies. Uh, that's pretty shocking, I've got to be honest with you.
0: Um, speaking of which, mm. speaking of carbon footprints, this segues us almost seamlessly into what I've been watching, which is altered carbon.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, where we have been, I've been offsetting the uh, carbon footprint by watching that. I've now watched every episode except the last one. I've watched seven out of the eight episodes, and I am loving every single minute. That's of good it. going. That's yeah. good. I love it. I just, I love it. I like. It's not as neat season two as season one because season one is a very clear who done it. But Anthony Mackie is an upgrade from Joel Kinnaman, so you know I think that's more good interesting. Time. And and I like the the exploration of his relationship with the 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 protector guy, Jaeger. Um, yeah, it's great, but it's it's the world building. I love the feel of the world. I like the idea of it. I like the the terminology and all. It's it's just it's super nerdy. Also, it looks lovely.
1: Mm, it does it lovely.
0: It does, and it's it's far less exploitative and kind of uh, objectifying than season one was because there were an. Awful lot of boobs in the first one. Well, At Willis, to, to be fair. I mean, yes, but it felt. I mean, you're right. It was kind of equal, opportunities. equal opportunities. Yeah, perver, it was. There was. It was, was perverama, and yeah. this one hasn't been. Oh, so. is that so.
2: Anthony Mackie won't won't get his crown
0: jewels out? So yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that might be. Yeah, that so. might be a lot to do. Yeah. But no one is like. There's
2: not a lot oh, okay. of. Uh, That's interesting.
0: Yeah, like. Yeah. Maybe I mean it could just be that James Purefoy was in season one and he has it written into his contract <laughs> that he has to get it out. Yeah, I forgot yeah. he walked around. Yeah, S- Willie Free <laughs> yeah. is his uh, his rider. Start Bolling uh, naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he really did. He's big on that. But no, it's it's been good. I've, I've, been, I've enjoyed good. it, and that gives me um, gives me reason to carry on watching it.
0: Yeah, but then there were lots of there were lots of issues. I think with season one that like people took issue with just not just the way it portrayed women in terms of of of, of, of sort of objectifying, but there's not so much the show but there's a sequence in the book of the first one where a character is taken into vr to be tortured and they put them in the form of a little girl oh, oh,
1: God. and it's like and it's
0: like and that's a whole world of just oh, no, no. no luckily that isn't in the series but
3: that's yeah, no, you know nice.
2: that's yeah. Properly, like that bit in The Witcher where he goes into the place that's surrounded by women with their boobs out and that's all fine because it's a virtual reality boobs out. Yeah, thing. That's not right. really with, virtual real boobs. women with, with real boobs out yeah. but it's just an excuse to have a scene where there's those women with their boobs out. Yeah. 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 But again,
0: and I mentioned this at the time, because the showrunner is female, I felt a bit like yeah. I'm not quite sure... How to approach that? Like, is it? Is it? Because it, if it was like a male showman, I'd be like, oh, here we go again. You yeah. know. But the female showman, I was like, well, what is she like? Why is she doing it? Is it a nod to the fact that the game is very explicit? But then, why would you do that? Is is she poking? Like, is there more to it that I'm missing? I suppose. Well, I think
1: that's a broader conversation, isn't if, it? Yeah. I mean, if you think about things like with Andrea Arnold in Big Little Lies and how she had that power and control taken away from her, I don't mm. know if that's something that she's had to kind of.
0: Because mm, it's Cameron Lauren Schmidt-Hysrich and she's still showrunner and like she's not gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. she, you know, but I wouldn't have said, like, that, that sequence that Boyd references in particular did not feel like it was awash with the female gaze to me. Uh, so,
2: you And know. people, because your point is is, is is a good one because the affair, you know, there was a the big controversy about the affair, which was what, women... women co-showrunners I think um, but still allegedly (laughs) he says clumsily exploiting some of the stars felt exploited anyway in certain sex scenes in that show Um, so yeah it's not you know yeah I mean, it's being a female show doesn't mm. doesn't necessarily mean you're not compromising for whatever the people who are running the network or ever want. It's it's a complicated thing.
1: It's a big learning curve, definitely. Yeah. I think we are learning from it. I mean, you're you're saying there in season two, it deals yeah. with those issues kind of head on, which is good. It's something I noticed more with Game of Thrones as well. Towards the, the yeah, well, they got a lot list. of
0: shit for that. earlier right the so. Sex position. Again, there were worries in that too.
1: There were worries in that too, but when you think about like plot devices regular mm. plot device mm. I take real issue with especially all the stuff that happened with um, Sansa and um where she was raped by oh, Ramsey. Ramsey. Mm. Um, I I think that's what a lot of people took issue with. But it is, it's just a big learning curve. We're coming out of a very, mm. very misogynistic age of telly. Into, yes, uh...
0: it's it's a good job that we are now completely and utterly past that, as evidenced by the British Council's website, which, and I quote, in the section under films in development, they list a number of them. They list here. Well, it's the first one here is a uh, uh, twenty-two walks, which they list as type comedy, uh, and then there's the Bond snowman, type horror slash fantasy. Sci-fi, and then we get down to across the water, and the genre is just woman director.
1: <laughs> well done. My favourite one.
0: Very good genre that. Particularly enjoy that one. Nice one, British Council. Why Way to you, go. Why were you scouring the British Council website for well, the genre? St- <laughs> well, it's st- no, it wasn't specific <laughs> genres, but it's, it's films in development. They have uh, okay, a list, of, and they okay. just apparently one of their genres is woman is, director, is, which I would argue is interesting, less than ideal. Yeah. Hashtag not a genre. Yeah. Um, but you know Okay. anyway so what what have you guys been watching willies or no you know
1: I, I mean mine was brief uh, I just finished uh, I'm not okay with this and it was fine and I would. <laughs> it was, fine. Oh, it was Ooh, fine it was absolutely one fine
2: it was absolutely fine one for the poster absolutely fine
1: Beth Webb Beth says Web. abs- Beth Webb Bethany te- Webb says definite, <laughs> <yeah>. three stars <laughs> absolutely fine uh, watch the end of the fucking world instead uh-huh. I just yeah I just um. We
2: run out of steam
1: yeah. run out of steam it ended in an interesting place where I think they should have kind of it ended on a cliffhanger, which I think should have come with Ray through the series. Mm. Um, but it was all the all the good bits of End of the Fucking World, only not the End of the Fucking World. Right, was my, yeah. yeah. But we've okay. had a briefer uh, jump between recording haven't we? so I haven't quite watched as much as I'd like to.
0: Yes, we are recording this ridiculously on Wednesday, so it's basically a week before this goes out because I'm in Dublin for the Live Empire Podcast Selfish. on Friday, Selfish. and people have booked the studio, and Selfish. this was the only time we could do it. So <laughs> yeah. none of you will notice a difference, except when it comes to news, and we're like,
2: mm. <laughs> like six oh. days out of date. <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> old... Got a minute? This is news. Special old news. Yeah, it's a mm. special <laughs> retro. <laughs> it's a yeah. retro episode of the Part of podcast. Which I've been watching. I stayed up till um the wee small hours last night watching the democratic um uh, big uh, super, super tuesday, tuesday. Mm. Yeah primary coverage and uh, I'm a big um, Bernie Sanders fan so I was gutted disappointed because it's it's all over basically by the shouting. but it reminded me that what I've really been watching I keep forgetting to mention this is the fact that Larry David plays Bernie Sanders in Saturday Night Live which you can now watch on Sky Comedy in the UK every Sunday so they show it a day later and pretty much every week there's a sketch in which Larry David plays Bernie Sanders and they're now become indistinguishable in my mind I just think of them (laughs) two as a one being two grumpy old Jewish white guys (laughs) with white hair. <laughs> who kind of shout uh, shout speak anyway, and are really funny, intrinsically funny, and they're just one. And I feel like Larry David could still become president of the United States slash Bernie Sanders. I don't wish everyone ends up doing it, and um, it's brilliant. And Saturday Night Live is is I think is really good at the moment. It's, it's always good in the election cycle. I Yes, think, definitely. When it's got, they've got something to get their teeth into because all the people. So whenever there's um, so they'll do you know, last weekend. They did a, a funny opener, which is kind of relating back to the previous debate and they all they're really good at spoofing the debates and i bet they'll be really good spoofing you know the coverage of super tuesday just because the stuff that american um tv pundits come out with on the likes of cnn and msnbc is so ludicrous anyway it only takes a little step into satire for saturday night live to take the piss out of it in a really funny way so that's partly what i've been watching i also wanted to mention in sun i do every week it, this week's again which i hadn't seen in advance and I wanted to mention now. I interviewed Steve Pemberton for Pilot TV magazine, the the, the last issue, about this series of Inside And he completely lied throughout the whole thing. He had to, but he completely misled me about this. The one that went out this week, which was basically he directed it, and it was the first one he directed. It was mostly talking heads. A la the classic Alan Bennett. Do you remember, Alan mm. Bennett did a series which was literally people doing monologues to camera. And he told me it was like you know almost like inspired by that, and it was basically people doing talking to camera. And he was like, "That's why I felt I could direct." He was being quite modest, but in the end, it was. Completely not that at all. It uh, took a classic Inside Number Nine twist and became something completely different. And it was amazing and jaw dropping and incredible. And every, this series, every single week, there's been a jaw dropping moment, which I think is so impressive for them to keep up. And I want to mention um, a thing called the Jewish Inquirer. Um, also going back to the old white guy Jewish people from Bernie Sanders and um, Larry David this is on Amazon Prime I meant to mention it last week because it arrived kind of last Friday, it's created by Gary Senior who's the wrote and directed Leon the Pig Farmer, that film, it's a thing about if you're a North London Jewish person as I am, you will recognise everything about this show, it's basically about a journalist working for like the fourth most successful Jewish newspaper and it's funny and it's um, charming And it's kind of quite, and it's well done. And I really enjoyed it. It stars Tim Downey, who's been in lots of other stuff. Um, He was in um, Toast of London, Upstart Crow. He's very funny in himself, and um, and Lucy Montgomery's in it. It's got good cast, and yeah, I recommend it.
1: Sounds great. Jewish
2: Enquirer on Amazon Prime pretty so good yeah.
1: l- is it in London is it in, like, it's, it's in North London Hill. Jewish
2: area yeah 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 yeah. Ah. it's a comedy by the way did I mention that did I make that clear it's a comedy it
1: sounds great I yeah. mean
2: it really doesn't matter to me if it's supposed to be a comedy or not so. yeah I'm, I'm kind of you right. were you, you <laughs> were kind of glazing over uh, while I was in the middle of the explanation because you knew it was a comedy It <laughs> yeah. Yeah, couldn't have yeah. been yeah. less interesting I'm listening here intently yeah. like, this you, your great. reaction was good I couldn't work out whether he was being anti-Semitic he doesn't care about Jews or anti-comedy I'll give him the benefit of the doubt it's the anti-comedy I can assure you it's
0: very much the Ladder. Oh right. Oh, oh okay. god. Okay.
4: <laughs> well what have you been watching? Well, I
0: told you all to oh, care, yeah. <laughs> We've done that, yeah. We've already <laughs> seen <laughs> you've offset my carbon already. I have offset my carbon. Anyway, anyway, let's segue now on to a listener question, which I just despite you haven't shared with you in advance of the podcast. Classic. but In this particular yeah. classic, James. Uh in this particular one, I don't think it will matter. Dazza asks for my job I travel quite a bit and stay in quite a few hotels so all I have to watch on is my iPad there are certain shows I watch on it such as comedy and documentaries yet more action based stuff I will save till I get home to watch on my big telly for instance if I'm away and Picard is streaming as much as it hurts I will wait to see it on the big screen yet I can happily watch Sex Education on the iPad do you guys have any shows you just won't watch on a small screen and ones you will oh I
2: know your answer to that go on then what is my answer to that Picard
0: isn't it? I mean, that actually is true. Yeah,
2: but uh, I remember you—you—you you, you were getting—you were in high dudgeon when we had to review it for the show because you I had know. to watch it on your. I wasn't happy screen. Screen, yeah, at all. Yeah.
0: Yes, you know. Picard. I always wait for Star Trek: Discovery. Another one I won't watch on my iPad as well. Weirdly, I watched the entire last two seasons of Game of Thrones on my iPad. I think because we had. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We did have to review the penultimate one, but I did it anyway because I didn't want to wait. And then I stopped doing that. No, no, not the last season. No, the penultimate season. I watched the yeah. entire penultimate season on my right. iPad. The last one I didn't. I insisted. I'm watching that at home. Yeah. And then because I was so upset with myself, I rewatched the entire series. On my oh, TV. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, so yeah, there are big. I think a bit like altered carbon as well. I've not been watching altered carbon on the train. I've only been watching that at home on my big TV. So yeah, I think there are some shows that like very visual shows mm. that especially ones you want to watch in 4K and it's like altered carbon because it's beautiful. You really do want to watch in 4K. I think that's you know that makes a difference. But with some of the sex education, I don't know that you n- like. It's the visual fidelity isn't what makes that show, show great. Like you don't need yeah. the texture, yeah. although it does look nice.
2: So yeah, I'm currently. I've, the outsider I'm watching week by week now on mm. um uh, so I started watching I think hBO sent something like they suddenly sent one to four initially then they're, then they sent another batch this is the Stephen King adaptation mm. still I think that maybe that maybe the last one arrives on sky on Monday which will when we go out mm. um and then because that is kind of even though it's realist and dark and quite gloomy <laughs> the way it's shot it's still beautifully done and may I say and in fact this, this I'm, I'm glad you, this question has been asked so I have been saving that to watch it on my huge TV and I have an issue with the way it looks I suddenly it was kind of like you know I don't know what the technical term is almost like like shadowing um, on, on the screen where there's like weird noise like visual noise you know in the, in some of the dark areas of the screen of this show and I thought it was like I thought, oh you know my TV doesn't usually do this it's pretty damn you know, well it's like blocking like it's yeah, over compressed like yeah. yeah it's over compressed right it's mm. over compressed so then so know, I've got UHD Beth, you know, I've mm. got a fucking expensive <laughs> television, that's all I'm saying, um, which I didn't claim on expenses before anyone says, I just saved up for it. Claim
1: on the expenses of the environment Boyd. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the so whole planet is paying for your TV. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So I was so astonished, once I started noticing it, and then it's really started distracting me, and I so I googled it, and sure enough, on the like notice boards mm. of whatever, the AV forums or whatever, people are complaining about the compression of, yeah. so, and apparently it's HBO's fault for sending it in whatever state it is to Sky. Oh, really? Yeah, who put it out interesting and i don't know whether that's because they, they do show it at 2 a.m. in the morning. They do that thing, you know, live, like they did with Game of Thrones and other shows. Or just because they can't be bothered to give them, I don't know, fully whatever the phrase is for, for not putting in such a compressed format. Mm. But it is irritating. And, it could, and that makes it worse watching it on my big TV because I can see that more than I would do if I was watching it on my laptop on this little box. Yeah. So it's backfired,
0: waiting Yeah, that it. is a shame. I've noticed that on a lot of shows as well. You get banding, very banding, obvious banding on it yeah. as well, just because they've, they've, it's bit starved, essentially they've used an insufficient bit rate for the compression it's ratio. because they use X, uh they use h265 compression ratio for uhd content i'm so glad uh, that as I opposed this up. to h264 of course boy of course. which you'll be more used to from right. watching things on your on your yeah. apple device I, I
2: knew you'd know um, oh good okay.
0: yeah so over compression is is not yeah,
2: good Beth's i think we can all agree. The completely great best loving the compression side, we're giving you enough time sure to think of a good answer to the question
1: i mean this is much as you are pleased that this question was asked this is actually had to force me to make a a pilot TV confession oh my
0: god you watch everything on your mobile I don't know you're like Queeby aren't you you're like Queeby I
1: don't know no television star. whoa, whoa! <laughs> hang on oh, hang oh, the NG.
3: fuck
0: on you come in here like a great honestly... big fraud offer yourself up like of some kind of quote unquote TV pundit on a popular TV podcast and you don't own a television remind me Beth when you're not doing this podcast what is your actual job <laughs>
1: I can't believe I've made it this far. To be honest, a professional—is
0: um, <laughs> it film and TV critic? That is good though. you're a prop, that We're t- tapping t- into words. a
2: proper millennial um, person, you I know. Just, uh, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> you're okay, an okay, actual you're monster. A monster. <laughs> so what do you see? I should have known from your fucking handwriting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is
0: this to explain? Mr. Gary
1: gave you all the clues. You did. It's like they
0: say. You said we never know. You, the police were like, Look, the signs were there. I can't yeah. believe you didn't realise. Yeah. Come on, tell us. Why don't you have a TV?
1: Because I live in a house share without a living room and I don't really like to rest your telly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that. I mean, nor does James. No, there, no, but. no, no, no. I don't like the shit reality nonsense that you watch on terrestrial telly. But there are gems. There are good things on terrestrial there telly. There can
1: be. But why would I need a television set? I guess is the bigger question. So what do you watch? Stage? What do you watch
2: TV mostly on? Laptop or phone or
1: laptop? Okay. I will go oh, laptop. Okay. Ste- <laughs> Steady, it's laptop. And I'll, I've obviously got like iPlayer 4 a D. But I just don't. I don't have access to terrestrial telly. And it's not, it genuinely hasn't impacted my work whatsoever. Wow. To a dazzle, force my hand, but it, it, honestly, has never impacted me no. up until now. I'd love to hear what I should be watching on a big screen that I'm not, and what I'm missing out so on. But...
0: When you review films and stuff, like so, so second hit sort of stuff, when you're doing home end sort of review stuff, do you watch it? You know, presumably, you're watching it as Martin Scorsese intended on your <laughs> laptop
1: screen. Uh, uh, I truly am. I've got my my housemate's got a bigger set, so if I do need to watch something that I, or just
0: like a large, like a fifteen inch laptop.
1: <laughs> Listen, he's got he's got a nice big telly, so I'll usually sweet talk him if I've got something of, oh, okay. of a there's, big. There's spectacle. a TV in the
2: house. There's a TV okay. in the house,
1: but I don't personally right. own a television set. It is a millennial setup. I will give you that, yeah. but um, and it honestly, it genuinely hasn't impacted. Do you my... think?
2: And this is—I feel like I'm conducting a survey uh, um, because I've, I always claim when I when I talk about um, how TV, how linear old-fashioned live TV is still a valid yeah. thing Yeah, I always say that when millennials get older when they reach then, they, then they'll then they buy a TV like, what, do, you, will, do you think you will or do you think you, this will always be the way
1: I don't know maybe but then in terms of like viewing habits as well like I still really enjoyed when Fleabag came out second season of Fleabag because that was staggered weekly yeah. Yeah. and there was a real joy to yeah. sitting down and watching that this and... country
2: the moment is being is, 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 last series was all in one go Yeah, this series they're staggering it and I, which I think is better because I like it, that being parceled out week by week that deferred do you? Are you not? You're watching that on your laptop. Yeah, I'm watching yeah, it on my laptop. Right, yeah, fine, fine.
1: but it's just you know the communal yeah. experience is still there when I'm watching it and sharing the experience with people in terms of like viewing habits. It's just the way that I actually watch it is on my laptop
0: it makes me so sad
1: why because it's, so, it's like tell me what I'm missing out on really like, by doing that I just okay. adverts I just, no, just, what, you're no, no no but so like
0: just no, no like I'm they, not I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not yeah, I'm gone I'm turning to Woody Allen not like that but um, I, I I just it's not the it's not the advert thing I'm with you on the adverts like fuck the adverts nobody needs the adverts it's it's just like watching it on this tiny little screen I just see I can imagine you just like, you know sitting there on your bed with your laptop on your lap with a little pot noodle in one hand just like you know watching this
1: and I, I just this feel like so uh, I've yeah, like, I mean, had in my whole
0: life. All right, well, okay, here's uh, a here's a slight right. adjacent question. Now, this doesn't affect you, Beth. Boy, do you have a TV in your bedroom?
2: Well, I have a massive open plan flat where effectively it is my bedroom your bedroom. Is, yeah. Okay, because
0: that's something I've never really understood when people have TVs in their bedroom. I'm like, I don't understand why you'd do that, because like, I have a huge TV downstairs, and frankly, if I'm going to watch TV, I want to watch it on that. Like, I don't want to have a little TV. That that doesn't yeah. make a sense. And I think it's maybe that. like, I If I have the opportunity to watch something on the huge TV, yeah. that's how I want to watch it. Like, it's, just, it's so much more immersive. It's beautiful. You see the detail. It's like absorbing. Whereas I watch stuff on my iPad just out of necessity, because of the sheer volume of stuff we have to watch. I have to watch it on my commute. So yeah. I'll just suck it up and get on with it. But I certainly wouldn't
2: yeah. Choose I'm the same, but I think Beth is probably more representative of of, of uh, young people. Young yeah. <laughs> of uh, real people and why why
0: Queeby is becoming a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to to hear what people think. So if you're listening to the Pilot TV podcast and you have access to Twitter, for example, do jump on at me, Beth, and Boyd and tell us about this. I'm curious. Like, do do people have TVs? Do they watch stuff on their phones, on their iPads? Do they have them beamed into their eyeballs? What is it young people do with entertainment these days? Uh, I it, it baffles me slightly. Like, I I mean, I think I'm slightly old school. Like, you know, I love to see a film in the cinema. You know, okay, yes, I'm very old. I think
2: think you're proving you're very. I like to see a
0: film in the cinema where because it's all about immersion. Is it? It's all about like it eclipses all other realities, and the only thing that exists is you in this chair and that film, and there is nothing else in the world. And I think trying to replicate that at home is at the heart of what makes you know it's so much fun to watch TV that you can kind of immerse yourself in it. And I just can't imagine being able to do that at home on a on a small screen.
2: I mean, I agree with you, yeah, but, but you know, but I'm I think we have get... to face the reality that, that Beth mm. is more representative of, of what's happening. Yeah,
1: please don't <laughs> out there. burn me at the stake. No, 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 this, no. Please. Yeah. I mean, you two are here, but who knows what's going to happen out there? it's like the bloody I know. West on like, Twitter. Yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bethany Webb. Don't That, that TV <laughs> fraud. <laughs>
2: if there's a pylon. I'm going to be absolutely
0: yeah. furious. All right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This has been, uh, thank you, Dazza. You have, uh, you've shone a light on a, an awkward truth.
1: Oh, crap. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you, Dazza, for that particular question. Uh, if you would like to ask any questions about, I don't know, our viewing habits or our deep, dark secrets, as we'll be unearthed as what shall now be called the confession segment, <laughs> uh, feel free to DM at Pilot TV Mag on Twitter, and we will troll through the various questions, and yours might be the one we alight upon. at this point shall we get on to a section we would normally call news but in this week we are going to call stuff that happened roughly a week ago
2: yeah yeah we've got to yeah um, this morning they announced Britbox announced that they'll bring you back Spitting Image now which just to be clear you being paid to say this no no. this my, is like an added bonus no, like a gratis no, thing you're doing Britbox, for them no um, a representative uh, <laughs> moment passed Oh right, ago. it was right, a brief fine. moment oh, I see it was a brief moment so this I is was, purely pro bono I was yeah, I was I was being paid by the Britbox, face of Britbox yes to do a thing online and that happened now that's gone <laughs> sadly I mean if they want to bring me back and pay me more money that's fine but they did announce yeah their first proper commission is to bring back Spitting Image. When I I, I grew up watching Spitting Image, I used to love it, and it Mm. was properly harsh, satirical you know full on it, it it caricatured I mean famously I think David Steele's wife maybe someone like that said that the caricature of him this tiny little th- man mm. affected his career you sitting know, on David Owen's shoulder yeah exactly yeah. like you know she, she said it ruined his career I mean what what something come out of him it's what Bo Selector did to Craig David yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it had a proper effect on the way you regarded politicians didn't it I think mm. um, Norman Lamont had yes. a yoghurt pot on his head yes who's on with the peas is it Norman uh, Tebb eating peas with I don't Thatcher? remember I'm Michael Heseltine I come, yeah. it was Roy Hattersley oh, no, spraying water everywhere remember yeah, that one oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um It was John Major at Peas. Anyway, <laughs> it was great. So boring. He was great. So <laughs> anyway, was it was. I mean, like anything. Again, like Saturday Night If you, it, it, you know, it was variable. It, sometimes there'd be terrible bits <clears> and embarrassing <throat> bits. But every week, it, but you just felt it felt like a must-watch yeah, TV. And, and I think. I think it makes absolute sense to bring it back because there have been, frankly, terrible attempts to do that kind of thing. There have been a couple on ITV like, with like, CGI. They did one. They did another one with animation. Never worked. And they, and they put them in that Sunday night slot. It used to be on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock or 10.30. And they all failed the attempts to kind of capture Spitting. So just do it again. Just bring it back with the right people yeah. involved. And it, it should be good. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. So am I, actually. I but that was funny. To... Did you buy the uh, Chicken Song single? Um, I don't think I needed to buy it because it was constantly being was. played every yeah. hour of the day. Why would you need to buy it? For
0: fuck's sake! I yeah. had the twelve-inch version. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Um, okay, good, good, good. Beth, anything jump out at you?
1: No, other than to say Sping image. My parents used to watch it, and when I was little, it gave me nightmares because Did I didn't, it? I didn't appreciate a satire. It was just a bunch of really terrifying puppets. It's <laughs> amazing. it's um, absolutely scared the shit out of me. So not looking forward to that coming back. Really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's absolutely fine. I mean, I, I scoured all the the news outlets for news. But but coronavirus has just landed a big yeah. stopper in yeah. most developments in reality shows and everything. Yeah, so
2: yeah, and they ha- they're supposed to be having it. This is a very much a kind of first world um, TV critics' problem <laughs> section, but they're Disney Plus. Um, which is still launching March 24th. Mm. Um, extra in your brain. Um, they were supposed to have a big launch for journalists and media people like us uh, this week and they've cancelled the whole thing. It was like a two-day thing, wasn't it? They were having like a party, an evening, a I press know. conference, a junket. Yeah, The whole thing cancelled because of the virus. And you're livid that you're not going to get your volafonds. I'm mildly livid, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not getting um, free, free food and drink. But, yeah, I, mean, I think, it, you know, if it carries on like this then it's going to affect a lot of actual things. Yes, happening. I think you're right. Look, junkets, set visits, yeah. things like that. I mean. Uh, We'll all be able to, I suspect, do our jobs. There'll be lots of phoners in our future. I suspect. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of phoners in my presence. <laughs> yes. So yes. it won't change but that yeah, much. Yeah. I was. I interviewed Ricky Gervais this week. I think I can say that. Well, I've said it now. I interviewed Ricky Gervais <laughs> this week for the news of Afterlife coming soon to Pilot TV in the future. Um, I think that starts on April 24 as well. So like around that time. And um, I was. You know, you walk in because he's quite germophobic anyway. Like he's quite kind of he hates people slurping, sneezing, coughing, anything in his company. <laughs> Famously hates it. Yeah. I do. And um, and i have known that. very... Very well. I've discussed it many but times. you sneezed in years. his face. So I was like, really, <laughs> like I don't want to, have to give you, coronavirus. I don't want to, to think you. I've got it. So I didn't shake his hand or anything, and I ste- kept well clear. I had the the podcast interview stuff to put down. But then at the end of it, he did give me a hug. I was like, oh, okay. And and you know, I thought he's, he's fine. He's, he's dealing you with sneezed it. Sneezed on his back. Sneezed on his back and, <laughs> his back and, and yeah. rubbed it in. Yeah. We could all end up having to do this podcast <laughs> yeah. remotely. What that was was an elaborate way of name dropping Gervais. Yes, you right? did yeah. that well. Yeah, you did that well. And to say that I've seen, I think I can say I've seen the whole of the series two. Oh, afterlife. good, good. And you're embargoed, presumably. Heavily embargoed.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Make of that what you will Whoa. an ambiguous... Whoa. 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 You must have some news, James. Oh, sure, I'm sure I could make something up. Um, what to say? I have a list of things here. Mark Ruffalo confirms he's in talks oh, yeah. to potentially join Disney Plus' oh. She-Hulk. That is exciting.
2: So no, there's been... other Mark Ruffalo news. I thought you took me about the other Mark Ruffalo news.
1: It's a good week for news. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's a good Ruffalo week. You know who's in this show on HBO called I Know This Much Is True in which is playing Identical Twins? Yes, yes, yes. So it's Ruffalo and Ruffalo. <gasps> yeah yeah Ruffalo and Ruffalo How yeah, do is that I mean Ruffalo, Ruffalo one Ruffalo's good but two Ruffalos for the price of what one what is the collective noun for many Ruffalos um, Ruffali R- yes <laughs> yeah a hulk of Ruffalay. <laughs> also and it's written this thing is created by now I can't pronounce this. the director's name Derek
1: Sia France yes exactly because um, Catherine Han's in it yes who we're going to talk, exactly, talk about, about later
2: Yeah. yeah. What, and they, um, I didn't Somehow, I think I'm, we may have done it as a news story, but the fact that this is happening and is arriving April 27th on HBO, which means it shouldn't be too much longer on Sky. Yeah. Is, this feels like an incredible project. Because he's Derek, the guy who did
1: um, Blue Valentine. Yeah, and which was brilliant. Facebook I love Blue Times, Valentine. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm Very really excited. excited about it, yeah.
2: So that's arriving soon. It's called I Know This Much Is True.
1: Completely comedy, your new...
0: Okay, here's a little bit of news. Uh, Killing Eve's Kim Bodnia has joined The Witcher season two as Vesemir. How excited are you about that, Beth? Ooh, oh, love Vesemir, don't so you?
1: Excited. If I love one thing, James, it's Vesemir.
0: Yeah, Vesemir, of course, being the sort of elder Witcher who takes Geralt under his wing, like almost like his adopted father. He's a senior Witcher.
1: I mean, that's that's a pretty obvious casting choice yeah. in yeah, which case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's character.
0: good. So the, he plays right. uh, this is Villanelle's <laughs> handler from from Killing Eve, yeah. and he obviously joins Game of Thrones. Uh, Christopher Hivju. Have you?
1: Have you? How do you pronounce it? Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. We said the stars, we didn't we? Beardy
0: ginger, beardy, yes, beardy ginger, beardy ginger from Game of Thrones, who's also joined The Witcher season two. So I'm, I'm very excited about uh, all things Witcher, but that shouldn't come as a shock to anyone.
2: Is Vesemir by any chance one of the survivors of the massacre of Morhan? Oh yes, yeah. Morhan, yes. Ken oh oh boy, I printed that. Boy, yes. Oh, you make me so
0: proud sometimes. <laughs> so proud. I have no idea what that means. Oh, so, next, next, you'll be sketching out
2: the Witcher's signs on no, the table. No, no, no. Throwing no, out
0: an igni no, or an aw- odd. No, or a
2: Urdan <laughs> Absolutely not <laughs> no. um, Courtney Cox Have you seen the Courtney Cox news? Courtney mm. Cox, and Horgan news No hit me yeah. with No, go on Yeah. Courtney Cox has signed on for a starring role in a stars Horror Comedy Pilot Co-written by Shawn Horgan Yes The half-hour series follows a dysfunctional family That moves from the city to a small town Into a house in which terrible atrocities have taken place But no one seems to notice except for Cox's character Who's convinced she's either depressed or possessed I'm full on, full in, full on happy full about on this leaning. whole idea. Courtney Cox back, Sharon Organ co-creating it. What's not to enjoy about that?
1: That sounds amazing. Yeah, I wanted a good juicy role for Courtney Cox. Definitely. I think she's definitely since Cougar Town mm, yeah. and even Cougar Town.
2: Yeah, it wasn't great. Was it wasn't.
1: It was, no, no. it was ups and downs. But that's it's, amazing.
0: Yeah seen that Ben Schnetzer has taken over from Barry Keoghan in uh, Why the Last Man. So Barry Keoghan was playing Yorick, the main in Why the Last Man, and he dropped
2: out. Is that how you pronounce Barry's name? Barry Keegan. Keoghan. Isn't yeah. I always thought it was something like Keegan or Ke- Keegan. That's Kevin Keegan, where there's a footballer from the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. But, okay.
0: I knew some sports stars. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yes, no, oh, okay. Barry Kyogen. Okay, okay. I, I mean, you you've, sure? you've now challenged me on Have you on interviewed it? him and said that to his face? No, but okay. I'm pretty okay. certain okay. that's how you pronounce fine, it. Fine, yeah. Fine, good. Uh, so, Why the Last Man, based on the graphic novel series about the only man left, left alive, Yorick, and his little monkey, Ampersand. Uh, yeah. It's a uh, it's re- it's really good, really good, really good series of, of uh, comics if people haven't read them. I s- strongly recommend them.
1: Who stepped in for him, sorry?
0: It is Ben Schnetzer.
1: I don't know who
0: that is. Well, he's Ben Schnetzer. <laughs> he's been in uh, stuff. Uh, no, he has it? been in yeah, stuff. He was ben best that. known for the, the the book leaf. He was in Snowden, uh, Riot yeah. Club. I think he was in Pride as well. He's in Pride too. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. yeah young. No, he's you. very likable. Yeah. Very likable yeah. uh, actor. Yeah. Affably
1: faced. He's, young Brick. Affably, faced, arguably affably arguably. faced. What a brilliant phrase. <laughs> is. Yeah. Arguably,
0: I would say a better piece of casting than Barry Yogan.
1: Barry Keoghan's oh, brilliant. I love No, quite intense. Yeah,
0: he's not. He's not. He doesn't. He's not Yorick for me. He doesn't feel like we wouldn't know that. And I'm not saying that if there were only one man left alive you'd be shortchanged if it was Barry Yogan that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that as the character of Yorick okay. he's, Is this whole thing you know,
2: just a man and his monkey?
0: One man and his monkey and There's got to be other people could oh, turn There's lots of that. women in it but oh, he's God. the only male, oh, male? So, like, so oh, yes so all men have been oh, wiped out that. except for Yorick oh. and ampersand Good his premise. Capuchin monkey Good premise And so there's Amazon there are Amazons in it there's, there's a whole oh, no, okay. thing so it. he's journeying he's
2: I was slow on the uptake Yeah
0: yeah,
1: that's as
0: we Can we do a little brief tribute to James Lipton? Did you see this? I will say one thing though, no. that he is the only man left alive. Yeah, he still gets paid thirty percent more than all the women in the uh, in the comic. Are you sorry.
1: serious?
2: No is that, um, that was <laughs> a delayed, belated that's, joke. That's that that my good. sense of humour. Sorry. And what was funny about that was you had to then interrupt <laughs> with me doing a tribute, a warm and touching tribute to the late great James Lipton who died this week. So okay, stop him. again. Stop again. Right, fine, your tribute. No, no, no. Right. Start your tribute again. Can we just do a lovely tribute to the late, great James Lipton who died this week, host of? Inside the actor studio, I religiously watched inside. I I think I've seen every single fucking one, even people I actively don't like. And it's <laughs> um, and it's and it and, it, and he was ninety three. Wowzer. Yeah. So the phrase "good innings" comes to mind, which because he was in his like eighties, mid to late eighties, when he was still going strong, doing doing. The, you know, when the show became kind of iconic, um, every episode was astonishing. He would he kind of was very famously kind of um, you know I wouldn't say he wasn't like it wasn't a kind of probing you know kind of in-depth it was in-depth but he definitely wasn't trying to trip them up he was like trying to elicit you know proper ideas of how they worked and why they loved acting and all of that and I like uh, the Jennifer Francis come, one comes from I think Jennifer Francis greatest ever interview is her Inside the Actors Studio if you can find it I mean I'm sure it's on somewhere mm. Sky Arts or He's somewhere great. like that yeah. it was brilliant and he was so great at bringing out, at bringing out um, really interesting stories from people yeah so James Lipton Oh, how old was he? 93. 93 years old. Good yeah. mileage. And there were 240 episodes of it.
1: How about wow. that?
2: That's a lot. That's, that's a, a fucking that's, lot. Of that's a lot of actor Studio. Yeah.
1: And you've watched all of them?
2: Well, I mean, (laughs) let's quiz him. Let's quiz him. I probably haven't. (laughs) Yeah. But but, various people did like three or four times. Ricky Gervais did. It had a really good one. Anyway, I'll stop there. Uh, Ashley Zuckerman has landed the title
0: role in NBC's Robert Langdon show. You know, the the Dan Brown lost symbol thing. Is it prequel? It's it's based on the lost symbol, which is one of the books. I don't know where in the Langdon verse the lost symbol takes place. And I absolutely (laughs) don't want to know. (laughs) So he's the Tom Hanks character. Yeah. Right. He's Robert Langdon. Okay. So, you know, awesome. Uh, what else is happening? One Division of Rap Production. That's a thing that's happening. Emily Allen Lind is to star in HBO Max's Gossip Girl reboot. So that's a little bit of casting news, but I guess I'm really using this as an example. What do we think about this? Because Gossip Girl is a relatively recent show, yeah. it seems like a, a strange thing to be rebooting.
1: Oh, they're rebooting I mean this is quite a, a blase statement but aren't they just rebooting bloody everything at the moment yeah. absolutely everything so I'm not surprised that if, if anything I'm surprised it's not been done sooner. it's barely cold or there was a spin-off you know about them as they were younger you know I just don't
2: care. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was eight years ago, though. Um, is just that I'm really old? Is, it happened actually, yesterday. It was nearly terms, a decade. Yeah, or in, in reboot slash remake terms, and I've I've got that story. So it says, um, it's HBO says it will follow a new generation of New York private school teens who are introduced to the social surveillance of the of the Gossip Girl site. So it will be about social media. So it's, and, it's less a reboot than it is yeah. a kind of spiritual sequel, right? Yeah, it's okay. like a, You know, it's okay. like let's do Gossip Girl but with Instagram, isn't it Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, I mean that makes sense. I'm, but I suppose and that's an Interesting point, isn't it? That it is quite recent, but the suddenly the landscape for teenagers has changed catastrophically. <laughs> Perhaps that is the right word in that period of time. Like that, social media has taken on a life of its own in the last decade, so yeah, it fundamentally has changed the the teenage experience.
1: Mm. Absolutely, I think. Given in gossip guy, I remember they used to like use beepers. I think it was so they, or, like yes. little knock like, yeah. blackberries yes, and pages yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. stuff. Pages, yeah, pages, yeah. Pages, like yeah.
2: Pages, was, pages, were a real thing back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Old Selena, and they used to get all text
0: alerts because they weren't like they went as oh, we've just looked, we've got this thing on Instagram. Like they would, it, it was yeah. very old school. Yeah. It's like the only thing that really dates the West Wing is they've got all these sort of CRT VDU monitors and they all use pages and mm. they really like and they have little flip top startup
2: mobile phones. I wonder whether the big challenge of gossip girl surely is do they go full on kind of you know euphoria style teen sex education style you know proper unvarnished un, you know, i Look at teenagers now, or do mm. they? Because the actual, even though think it was so. clever and smart, it was it was very glossy. It was glitzy, it was glamoury upper, upper west, upper east side, side, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, and
1: that's that's just. I wonder the if that will feel dated if they try, if they
2: do, if they do that now. They're
1: going to have to adapt. They're yeah. going to have to also incorporate some characters of color and yes. Um, yes. make it a little bit less, for want of a better word, rapey. And yeah. Uh, yeah. wow,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: If they could give it a, a better sort of shake up. Sure, but yeah. this is where we are It'll now. It'll be a test of
2: your theory that you said last week about how... Oh no, it was BBC, BBC can't, can't, can't write kids, kids, yeah. Would you yeah. have people agreeing with you? Yes, um, you did. You got some love for that on Twitter. I did. Before they knew you didn't have a TV. <laughs> Before I ended
1: yeah. it all,
2: yeah. I watched episode two, I meant to say this earlier, of Norton and Crosses, by the way, which is so much better than episode one.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: This would be um, where I say, oh, yeah. surely... You should have watched three in a row. <laughs> I should have watched three in a row, you're right. Uh, Except
1: yeah. Jake Very last good. week. Yep.
3: sorry,
2: sorry. As I said, 100% recycled. <laughs> this is James Dyer talking about. King of the so, recycled <laughs> running jokes. So, so you watched the second episode, tell yes. us about it. Boy. Oh, no, it was just much... It, I really, liked, I liked the first episode anyway, and I thought they did a decent job of adapting, as I said at the time, I don't want to repeat myself, the, the book, the, a complex, difficult book with a huge backdrop. Episode two feels more focused... And somehow less clunky because I, I, oh. I did agree there were clunky moments in the dialogue in, in episode one when they were introducing all these characters and it felt like they just had to get you to understand who they were. Episode two relaxes a bit and yet is also kind of compelling and interesting. It's just, it's just a better episode, I think. Oh. So I'm going to. I, I'm not saying you were wrong. I'm just going to carry on watching it myself.
1: No, I mean we only watched an episode. I'm yeah, sure yeah, we'll yeah. Watch yeah. It, If it's seldom, it is hard to
2: judge. It's hard to judge. It's, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Particularly about one show this week, may I say? Oh, I really? Yeah. It's oh, I a, sure, I should sure yeah. look forward to this. It's gonna be fun. Yeah.
0: Um any other news? Oh no, no, no. Day of the dead is getting a oh, ten episode yes, run is. on sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's excited by a bit of Romero zombie action. And what else have we got? I think that is Surely. roughly it. That's for enough news. Old news. Just that we've got I Simpsons, haven't we? Disney
1: Simpsons Plus, on Disney Plus. That yeah, was yeah. a new revelation yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else we really talk about with that.
2: So it was quite this, nicely revealed, wasn't it? With a little, um, the
1: little donut yeah, spinning little donut around thing. and that around.
0: That, that was, was cute. cute. Okay, well, that is it for news. Time now for this week's interview, in which Breeders stars Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard stopped by to talk about their quite alarmingly sweary comedy <laughs> about the dark side of child-rearing. Our very own
2: Boyd Hilton went along to find out more about that one, and this is what happened. Daisy Haggard and Martin Freeman, welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. Thank you.
4: Thank you for having us.
2: It's an absolute pleasure. We um, were talking about Breeders, yeah. um, your new series on Sky. Um, now, in the credits, Martin, I studied them closely, and it said, based on an idea by Martin Freeman. Yes. So it's now up to you yes. to explain <laughs> what that idea was.
3: Uh, the uh, the idea that I took into uh, John Foday at Avalon first uh, was ended up the first scene. Really the first scene of the first episode is where my character, Paul, um, is trying to talk himself down. Uh, as he climbs up the stairs to his children's bedroom, talk himself down from from shouting at them because they're winding him up very much. They're making noise. He's obviously asked them to be quiet before. Um, He can't work. He's getting more and more stressed. He's saying to himself, don't do it, don't do it. Don't shout at them. It doesn't help. It doesn't do any good. And then by the time he opens the door, he can't help himself and he absolutely explodes. And that was um, definitely based on stuff I've done before. uh, And no, I won't do that again because my kids are too old now. But... um, it, that was very s- close to home for me. Uh, so I thought, well, that, I actually dreamt that. And so um, I thought it might be a good sort of fertile ground, possibly for a what I like to call a, only just a comedy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Um, yes. you know, d- dramatic, hopefully, but w- within the confines of, of a comedic setting. But um, yeah, that, that was, I wanted to look at, I, want, I thought a show, wouldn't it be good if there was a show that looked at the bits of parenting, and it's not only about parenting, but the bits of parenting that, deal with the bits that do not make you proud as a parent like like really yeah. and actually don't not not just like oh i told him off but actually fucking go mad
2: yeah because in that first thing you call them fuckers and yeah, motherfuckers yeah. and all yeah, you go crazy yeah, yeah it's um, quite impressively intense yeah
4: yes um,
3: it's a good opening, opening isn't it, is a good it? Opening. it's I think it sounds it's still quite well and yes. obviously the, the whole series isn't isn't just a litany of me shouting at my kids no. it's not that um because they talked me down from that. <laughs> thought, well, you to to the <laughs> yeah. Chris Addison and Simon Blackwell went, I don't think it will hold. <laughs> um, but he, yes, I, I, I think what I missed when I would see... Programs that I enjoy and, we, and that we all enjoyed, you know, when we were talking about making the show, what I missed was the bit where if you've told a child something seven times, why aren't you then throwing them out the window? Do you know what I mean? Like, or threatening to do? So, because actually, the reality of that, if someone is constantly disobeying you and constantly, constantly, then you tend to lose your rag, you know. Um, it's, uh, and I kind of wanted to see that in a way that I really related to. You yeah, know, actually, yeah, the, and and I am, you know, I, and I do. I have been guilty, definitely, of um, shouting too much at my kids and, and screaming at my kids a lot. Um, but I don't know whether I'm way more guilty than anyone in history, or we're just now talking about it. You know, I mean, I know I'm not because our parents, an, Jesus Christ, yeah. our grandparents,
2: yeah. you know, yeah. Because you kind of does exploit it, doesn't it, Daisy? That you that because that, that, both of you have your moments as well with them as well. you're, yeah. you, you're, you're slightly less expletive filled.
4: Yes, it's just different. Uh, yeah, isn't it? Just everyone's different. got
2: different. Yeah, thresholds. but you still get frustrated. But, oh my God! Well, yeah, you know?
4: yeah, absolutely.
2: And so it, it, and do so you think this is an every every kind of parents thing that really deep down they're either thinking this or they're doing it? I think
4: everybody is different everyone has different thresholds and everyone has like so I personally am quite a sort of sunny person so me just looking a bit frowny my husband's like oh my god what's going on. So like everyone has different levels of what is angry and what isn't. But every parent Parent. Every parent has a moment with their children where they're like, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot say this thing again. And how they express that will always be different. But what I love about the show is that you have, you know, you have these parents who are sort of, you know, human and relatable and sometimes you know they do things that maybe you go oh my gosh I do that or they might do something you know go oh god thank god I didn't do that (laughs) but they they are real parents who find it difficult and then you know say sorry or (laughs) you know but they are they're, they're living parenthood in a very in a it's an unflinching look at it rather than sort of just trying to smooth it over and make it look all pretty and perfect, yeah.
2: and they're also very funny as well. Is that and is that? No, you yeah. you got Simon Blackwell and Chris Addison involved from who worked, did, worked on Thick of It. And yes, Veep. did you know them anyway? when you thought they these are guys who can kind of turn this my idea into into the actual show? Or how did that kind not, of process? Uh, no, not
3: actually at the outset. No, I didn't. I mean, because I didn't really know what I wanted to. I, I just thought oh, this might be a good show somehow. Um, and so yeah, I I met John Fode at Avalon. He then put put me in a room with uh, Chris Addison. We had a really lovely lunch, I say a room, I mean a restaurant uh, we had a lovely lunch where we talked about this stuff, you know, Chris and I have children who are almost exactly the same age um, and we were just being very honest about our experience as parents and as fathers about that when you are you um, again the whole show isn't about this but but the strand of it it is about finding yourself enraged we had a lot of common ground and then we were put with Simon you know Chris obviously knows Simon I had met probably Simon once you know a long time ago but I do not know Simon um, Chris obviously had history with Simon and and then Simon was on board and so we would we would get together the three of us and just talk about what we wanted the show to be you know and mainly it was just about us talking about our experiences as fathers and about what all, all the things that made us um not ashamed but just just you acknowledge that like it, this show has to have all this stuff in it and not and not just half not just oh stop that tommy not that but when you go tommy i'm going to fucking kill you man I'll fucking stop it you know like where, where you where you things are coming out of your mouth that uh, even in my experience as you're saying them you go this isn't great this is not great and but i can't i either can't or have chosen not to stop myself
2: there's a great scene where you actually to trying to talk yourself down from what you're about to do which is quite unusual <laughs> yes. you go oh, I should not be
3: doing this Don't I'm not
2: going to do it. this and then you actually go through and do it <laughs> yes, which is yes. quite unusual well that was so, literally well, the dream I had Right. that was well,
3: literally well, the lovely dream about I had is yeah. that
4: you then know he's done it before yes <laughs> it says a lot exactly spare, you know, exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Yeah. nice
2: and now yeah. so how did Daisy get involved did you know Daisy already had you, you watched
3: I have actually known Daisy for years ah, but okay. but uh, Daisy came the, the traditional route
4: yeah I got sent to an audition and I and I just had my second child and I was like I how am I going to do that so I, right. I sat, sat in my kitchen with one with a my foot on a baby seat, rocking it, and uh, oh, the sound of the night garden in the background. And slightly grumpily <laughs> read the lines, and mm. then was really genuinely surprised that I got recalled. <laughs> so I was like, "What?" <laughs> so that
2: parenting being so uppermost in your mind at that point, this yeah. wasn't too raw for you at any point. You or was no, it maybe an outlet? Well, for- it's funny
4: moments where you look ahead because obviously the kids are a bit older than my children. So I'd be like, right. "Oh God, is it going to be like..." That? <laughs> But no, it was an outlet because you know I I haven't done anything about that. So in a sense, it was like oh great, well I don't have to do any research, I just have to <laughs> speak. <laughs> <laughs> I look tired already. That's done. <laughs> mate,
3: you looking tired, you still look kind of fresher than most people no, because you basically. I have like an
4: imprint of three children, three children, uh, two children and a dog um, on my face. So I could just mm. be myself. Talking
2: about your face, I, I, I read a New York Times interview with you. I'm going to read this quote it, from, you know, yeah. yeah. And this quote is in, I don't know if you, you read it back, you don't need you read your own press, but I'll, I'll, I'll wrote read it to it. you. Okay. From the New York Times, this is describing you a natural <laughs> clown with a hypermobile face <laughs> and a nervy, high amplitude energy. <laughs> really? How do
4: Yeah, how do you feel about that? Oh, that's fine. I'm I have probably had a lot of coffee on that phone call. <laughs> was that on really your phone?
2: Call? They must have done it face to face to have such a. No. Oh, okay. Oh, was
4: probably really overexcited and hide. Oh, yes, I was hiding from my children uh, okay. when I did that interview. Okay. <laughs> Literally, fine. was I was I'd had to run out of the house and I think I was in the in a park and there were two very drunk men nearby. So I was probably like, get Lime this me. done, get this done, get this done. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I think I could be that.
2: Yeah. I'm fine.
4: Quite, well, I've definitely got a wiggly face. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> have
2: a wheel. Yeah. We have. a wheel, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Martin, have you have you seen Back to Life, um, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean that was pretty yeah. damn good. It was wasn't really, it? really
3: yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It, but again, of course, that was after we right. cast Daisy, and uh so that didn't inform our decision at all. But yeah, what what did inform our decision was the fact that that you know Daisy's believable, she's natural, and she knows when to be funny and when not to be funny. Yeah, and yeah. um uh, and I think you buy us. Hopefully, you buy us as a couple. Oh, one hundred percent. I was going to ask
2: you about that because you completely, from the first scene, buy you as a couple, and and it, and it feels incredibly natural and real is Good. that something that needs to be worked at? do you is that just in there our, from
3: the off in this situation to be no. honest no because we have known each other you know for a long long time you know Daisy's actually one of my kids godmothers oh. you know yeah Um, she, so, you know she's been friends with Amanda you know when me and Amanda were together you know a long long time ago yeah so I was quite familiar with Daisy from way back you know she'd come over and watch shit telly and uh, we'd get a takeaway <laughs> and stuff yeah. you know from before she had kids You I know,
4: I once made him order I think like 40 papa doms
3: we did some ridiculous amount angry. of popper Crazy, oh.
4: I had to eat them all. You <laughs> actually yeah. wanted the fortune time, I, I love pop and then wow. I had to eat them all. That wow. was interesting, that was but anyway, rule. that's a that was freedom rule. <laughs> wow,
3: but no, so <laughs> I have known, De- yeah, I've known Daisy a long time, and I, and it that was part of, I mean, whoever was going to play it, and I've got to take you know, there were some really good actors came in for this part, yeah, it wasn't a shoe-in by any stretch, no. you know. Um, whoever was going to do it, that was going to be part of it. Like, mm. is this person. Uh, easy, yeah. Are they easy to work with? You know, do they just get it?
4: And yeah, so obviously, yeah, she's a good It felt sort of natural when we read together, I think. It mm. wasn't like something that, you know, I think that's what happens sometimes. The, the best things are the ones that just feel quite easy. Yes. You yeah, you just sort of start talking and you make each other laugh a bit, and yeah, and, and then you don't have to sort of work really hard at the yeah. relationship because it feels just quite yes. natural. Yeah,
2: and the kids are fantastic yeah. now. That strikes me as being really hard thing to do, because they're, they're kind Definitely. of old enough that they have to do actually have to act, don't they? Yeah, do they do quite difficult yeah. stuff yeah, sometimes do. and respond yeah. to you particularly swearing out. Definitely, them, yeah. Not the whole show, yes. but there is that. <laughs> yes. So how do, is it difficult to find them? And then how does it work with the filming? I think, yes, I
3: think it is It is difficult to find them. And I think one thing that John Thode, uh, you know, um Avalon head honcho, said early on, uh, from, exp- from experience of sh- other shows he's done, uh, is we, we have to get these kids early <laughs> I mean, right. like we, have, we have to re- you know we can't just do it oh last minute we'll just gonna they'll be fine because a uh bad child actors are you know that they that shows very much <laughs> yes but also in this show they are required to do stuff they're mm-hmm. not just cardboard cutouts you know that they, they're in it a fair bit um so yes it is quite an involved process uh and we were very yeah we were very glad that it that it worked out okay and they got the thing is it, they got better you know all like. right they kind of got more um, understanding of what the process more was. Used to I think, it, you know? yeah. yeah. More used to it, Familiar. and more used to what was actually required of them. So it is, it, you know, the old thing about animals and children is true, and it's there for a reason. Definitely, it's, it, it, it presents different challenges to working even with Daisy. You know, I mean, even working even with Daisy is, in some <laughs> ways, easier.
2: Yeah, animals, in some <laughs> animals children,
4: and Daisy <laughs> <laughs> Haggard. Yeah. 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 So um, But yeah.
3: (laughs) Thank you. But they, they, um, no, Daisy's lovely. But 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 they they do, uh, they they present different challenges because they're, they're, it's boring. You know, like sets are, but once you've done something three times, it's boring. And, you know, and this is still early days, you know, we've got 23 more of these to go. (laughs) And so uh, uh, sort of um, getting that sort of energy and keeping it Mm. is, um, is a skill which both um, Chris Addison and our other director uh, Ben Palmer had. Fantastic, they were great that. with them because it's partly you're partly being a children's entertainer, yeah. you're partly being a child psychologist. You're tricking them into
4: like yeah. you know sometimes. I mean, not always. Sometimes they do it. Sometimes you have to slightly trick them into doing it. Constant cajoling, <laughs> By kind of like yeah. you know, yeah, yeah.
3: And their and they're, you know and their families were always on set, so usually their mums would be on set and and they and they were also. Invaluable to us as well. Yeah. So you had
2: to kind of sit down and go, Look, we, we I mean, obviously, I'm sure they're tricky where you're not swearing at their faces yes, and all of yes. that. Yes, Sure. I'm sure, yes. sure there are rules about that. Yes, but, still, rules, oh, okay. yeah. but still, you have to, they have to respond as if you have said something really harsh to them. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So
1: I guess you yes. have to kind of
3: well, yeah, I mean, ease uh, them uh, into that. Yes. The the scene, when we filmed the scene actually where I ball at them yeah. uh, in their bedroom, yeah. um, and when it's, to get their reaction, I'm off camera and I'm shouting and I'm not swearing at them, but I'm shouting at them. And they had been so looking forward to it because they remembered it from the pilot. Yeah. And they're like, oh, today's the day you shout at us and you're going to swear at us. Yeah. And, you're and I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to swear, but I, but yeah, I'm going to shout. We all know it's a game, right? We all know. we're all It's all pretend, all pretend. Yeah, it's all pretend. Brilliant, brilliant. And then I did it. And then, um, and it was all, it was fine. You know, it was fine. And then, and we cut that scene and then me and Ben Palmer got a message that, oh, one of them, one of them was actually really upset. So about 10 minutes after, so me and Ben had to go over to them and I won't say who was who, but, but one of them was like, couldn't give a shit. (laughs) And, And one of them was, um, yeah, I think they'd had a delayed because re- so. right. they were tired, yes. long hours, yeah. quite emotionally raw. You know, because we, none of us were getting enough sleep, particularly Miss Haggard here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I think it just it caught up on them. The fact that sure. even though you know it's pretend, when there's a big person shouting at you, yeah. and bawling at you, um, it's it's quite um yeah. it's quite upsetting yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah. But it, sh- it should not it shouldn't be upsetting for the actors. No. But it should I think for the viewer it should be quite jolting. Oh, it is it? It should it be tot- quite a shocking
4: yeah, scene in a good jolt, way.
2: Yeah. But it feels completely real. It's is hard? No, that's the other thing is that balancing the realism, keeping it absolutely real and the funny and, and making it mm. funny. Is that something that you had to work at or is that, is that down to Simon Blackwell and the writers and the, and all of that?
4: It's written in that way and I think me and Martin probably are quite naturally like that anyway. Like I, I've always never thought you have to choose yeah. to just to be funny or just to be dark or just to be truthful. Like you should be all of them yes. at once and he writes very, you know, he writes beautifully and all the writers on the show write really well. So you have this, you know, I think that kept, that that didn't you know. I...
3: Yeah, we talked about it a lot. We I mean, talked yeah, about it talked and... about it a lot in the making of the you know, yeah, what the show was going to be. Yeah, you've done that with development. Yeah, and exactly. So I, I, you know, it was never ever going to be um, full of gags. You know, like you know, I think we we were quite rigorous about um, if, and it sounds very obvious to say, but it's still. You still have to be rigorous with yourself to make sure it happens. If a line is in there that would not come from that character, it has to go. However funny right. the line is, mm. however good the quip is, and yeah. it, oh that's a great it has comeback, to be if, it, if it wouldn't come from me or you, it can't be in the show. You've got to save it yeah. for something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, save it for, yeah. you know, live at Her Majesty's or whatever, but not for, not for this. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, because you're always doing live at Her Majesty's. You know? I am. Well, I want to now. <laughs> me too. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Now you said <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so your character does get. Having watched a few episodes, there is a kind. There's. A, I'm going to use the word darkness. There's a kind of. You know, at one point, I think your mum. I refers to you as a husk, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> like, he's worked in the same place for like 20, 21 years. I yeah. have as well. I can identify with <laughs> yeah. that. I um, always thought you was a husk. Yeah, I'm a bit of a husk. Um, you never thought your creative dream was kind of dashed. That's, yeah. an, that was an, that's an interesting element to the whole thing as well, this yes. exploring you as a kind of slight midlife crisis figure, is that? A
3: little bit, yes. No, And again, I think it came out of all those, um, you know, lunches and coffees and conversations that, that Chris, Simon and I had had about I don't know hopes dreams mistakes yeah. every everything you know i mean obviously w- we are all exceptionally lucky because we are doing the job that we dreamed of doing you know um but paul paul doesn't you know yeah. um and paul wo- paul works at it. this is the thing we we set him up as like he's a nice guy he like he works at a charity he works n g o whatever it is kind of unspecified but um but he's he, he's not um he's not a terrible person he's not a drunk he's not unemployed. you know like no. he's he's not like he's not angry because he's been on the dole for 2 years he's not you know like it's it's talk, thinking about where this anger comes from because on the surface of it it's conversations that I, you know I, I used to have um with with Amanda who we all know um where she where i if if i would go into a, a state of Darkness. Yes. <laughs> and she'd she'd quite understandably go. What's wrong? Like what what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. Yeah. Like you've got this, you've got that, you've got. And I'm like, I know, mate.
2: I know. Yeah. D- There's a great. You say you're a nice guy. There's a great bit in the show where you where you're kind of we actually start questioning that. You go, Am I? I'm not a nice guy. Yes, or, I'm not a nice guy. because
3: yeah, my dad, Alan Armstrong, who plays my yeah. dad, says, You know, you you know, you're a nice bloke, and and I go, No, I'm not. Yeah. I've I've, I've realised I'm not. And that is absolutely, f- f- uh, you know, uh, from me. Yes, you know, uh, from yes. me, and things that we had s- said in the in the rooms with, you know, with Simon and Chris. Sure. We're all, we all related to that.
2: Yeah, you know? 100%. Mm. Talking of the parents, I mean, Michael McKean. Oh, I
4: absolutely know. Absolutely, it doesn't
2: get better than that, does I it? Know. You're talking so Spinal exciting. Tap, you're I talking... Mean, like,
4: that's like one of my Desert Island yeah,
2: films. Yeah, abs- all of those films are incredible. And um uh the, the Breaking Bad spin-off yes. thing was brilliant. Cool, awesome. yeah. so how did that, how, did you, was he just your obviously dream casting? Did you just... No, well, script, actually, it up?
3: I remember... Um, I remember Toby, our producer, saying, oh, we're, we're thinking of Michael McKean and uh, and he's, you know, he's on a very short list. I was like, well, listen, if mean, you can yeah. get him, <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, great. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of Paul McCartney to do the music, you know, like, <laughs> fine, if you can get it, Right, but- um, and so, yeah. fortunately, he was interested. I think he's enough of a fan of uh, Veep in um, <laughs> yeah. the thick of it that right. like, he, he was he was down for it. But he um, was so
4: lovely to work with as well. Really, mm. really good fun and really just brilliant.
2: Yeah, you can tell. I mean, you're already chatting to him on uh, Twitter, I suppose. Yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, we good mates. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's
4: great. I was so excited whenever he retweets something in mine. I'm like, Michael <laughs> McKean, retweeted
2: something I bet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm
4: very uncool. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. It, it was.
3: It was a lovely thing, you know. And again, that, to say that, it's, uh, I know it's. We, we are then not talking about how good Joe Bacon and Alan Armstrong are as, as my amazing. parents because no, they're amazing. Fantastic, yeah. you fantastic know, they just weren't in spinal tap um, <laughs> no. But, but no they, <laughs> they, they, are they, fantastic. they do a fantastic yeah. job as well just yeah. so deadpan so funny that being that yeah. especially well Joe Bacon does she does this thing so well of you know for a very intelligent woman and like she's very on the ball she can play just slightly Off. vacant <laughs> yes. superbly well yes. like yes. really well you yeah. know not, not a moron no. but <laughs> play somebody who's just slightly th- three degrees absent, yes. you know, She's excellent. um, and, and Alan's, Alan, Alan's, Alan's playing this sort of naivety of not quite knowing what world he's arrived yeah. in now, so you know, like it's all changed. And, and, and why mm. was this wrong when I did this? You know, that, that's the other thing we sort of explore, not in a scientific way, but in a com- comedy way, I guess we look at every generation must look at the pre- next generation and go, well, does that mean what I, how I did it was bad? Was yeah. it, you know, right, did course, I bring you yeah. up wrongly? Yeah. You know, because um, yeah. it was normal for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, which is totally in my very, very prescient and very present and very real, yeah, you know, because yeah. I think about that the way I was brought up all the time of course, and how so. I bring my kids up and what the and, differences are. Yeah, what the differences are, what the similarities are. Mm. Um, why we think certain things are bad now
4: that we yeah, didn't in 25 that years. ago? maybe our parents had it a bit more right in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. When Absolutely, you see people yeah. going, Tarkfin, can you get off the table, please, <laughs> yeah. in a pub? And you're like, just tell him, to just go. tell him. Pick him up, just take him, him off him him the, the table. table. Yes. Like yeah. boundaries. Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? I get so annoyed with that.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> i a generation of really spoiled yeah. Yeah. <laughs> children. 100%. Yeah. So, are yeah. you going to, do you think, do you have to kind of warn your actual families, so to speak, that you're doing this and that it feels quite harsh? Because it does feel quite, it feels like closest to the two of you's actual real lives in a way without saying it's all autobiographical but do you have to go by the way there are, there are stuff in here that you might recognise and you know it, it's it's fine
3: o- for me only only stuff with my kids I mean right. my kids sort yeah. of light heartedly say we should be on a cut for this because <laughs> this is, is we've inspired this and with, if, if we've ever got someone round and they and they Say, "Oh, what are you doing?" And I say, "Our oh, breeders." And they say, "Oh, what's that?" My kids all got. It's a show about how much he hates us. <laughs> um, and I said, like, "Well, it's not quite. It's not quite that, to be fair." Because, yeah. but they, you know, they've they've watched it. They right. they saw scripts and they they love it. They're the only people I, I you know, my parents true, yeah. aren't here anymore. And I, sure. I wouldn't have to do it to my siblings really. So Yeah. yeah.
4: And uh, I didn't, I'm not a co-creator, so it's a slightly different yes, thing, isn't true. it? You know, yeah. I, I, and also my children are too young, too young to watch yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it does feel like a lot of it felt very real and true to yeah. me. So, yeah. yeah. I, th- I,
3: th- I think from that point of view of, uh, as you said, of, of it being close to us, you know, like it's, it, I suppose it's every actor's slight, uh, B- the bane of their life slightly and I've I've definitely had it in my life when they go oh you're just playing yourself yeah. you know? but, and I think well if ever I'm going to be playing myself is this yes, you know, right. like, I, I can't have any there shouldn't and again he's not literally me but um, he's a mixture of me Simon Chris you know like, but there shouldn't be a wall up with me going I'm only playing a-. it's like it has to yeah. be absolutely, as real as yeah, humanly yeah. possible yeah. and yeah. I have to have no vanity about it because part of the reason that we're doing the show is like yeah the, there's no point pretending now, all the stuff that Paul does, especially more, even more so than Ali, that is not great parenting, that's what the show is about, you of know, course, and yeah. we kind of want to, we want to show that, yeah. 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 And, and that can only be like, yeah, guess who came up with that? We did. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, that's going to be us, yeah.
2: you know. Oh, I think a lot of people are going to watch it and think, oh my God, yeah, this is completely the, the reality of the situation. And I, I know, I've like spoken to a couple of parent friends right. of mine.
3: When I was describing it, yeah. when we were developing it, um, they both, you know, these are adults, I so I'm really yeah. glad you're making yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why? I said, because it makes us feel less bad, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> is it in terms of the scripting of it? Like, like you know, did, did is it is it all? Because I know, for example, with the thick of it and Veep, um, I, I interviewed our manager only this week. In fact, and he was saying how he still writes the script and gets people gets the performers to do the script as it is exactly, as, and then he does a freer takes. Did you do it that way, or did you stick to the script closely? We, gener- we
4: generally like we stuck, stuck, stuck to, to the script, script, didn't
3: we? Yeah, we generally stuck to the script. Um,
4: yeah, I felt yeah. like we, we did.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, know. there'd be tiny bits of looseness in yeah. it, but it wouldn't be like. I mean, I'm a big believer. You know, uh, it became a sort of joke. I mean, let's do a free one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm a big believer. I do really believe in that. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think once you've got it, then then
1: have
3: a play. Yeah. Uh, pl- I mean, I yeah. think you should always be playing anyway. You know, yeah, but, yeah um, of course.
2: Y- but that's tricky yeah, trick, I mean, isn't it, for the script to be so um, real and yes. and believable that yes. you don't have to improvise. It, exactly. It. Yeah, I think
3: yeah. I I think I notice it when I see. Um, in some comedies and more films I suppose more movies where it it's you know what I call oh, gag reel yeah. yes. acting you know yeah, gag reel improv you know. Know, yeah. or saggy
4: so. like improv where yeah. you basically just yeah, go around in a slow circle, and they yes. should, should have just said the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and the scenes go just on. and on, the line because they? they've improvised. And and there's a look. lot of yeah, lines yeah. in, in there, you it, know, yeah. Like, yeah. Just sort of lowers the tone of the writing slightly. Yeah, that
3: is
2: the thing with films. I think American films particularly. Yeah, yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot. of that. Yeah, there's too too a lot of that
3: where you just you've got an eye on how funny you're going to be, as opposed to is is it good for the scene?
2: Yeah,
3: And I think if if the scene isn't king you've lost. It has to be the, the the objective of it is to get this scene over. If you can be funny on the way, brilliant. Yeah. But I, I feel, I mean, and I talked to Simon and Chris about this and I, I might, I don't know. I think they agree. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 but I definitely feel I, I don't mind about not being funny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, completely. I mean, some yeah, of it yeah. is. Some is, yeah. you know, well, some the most it, of cool course thing is not funny. to be funny. truthful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's yeah. always yeah. the thing.
4: And then if you're funny on the way, that's great, isn't it? But you just want to tell the story. Yeah.
3: Totally. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it just will be funny. Uh, you know, kids swearing fu- is funny. Yeah. Sometimes shouting at. Ridiculous shit at a toddler is kind of funny because mm-hmm. you know, there's yes. no logic, totally. there's no logic to shout at a well, fucking I, I, baby.
2: I also think now comedy, comedies in general, people are much more used to the idea that they're going to have dramatic, emotional yeah, yeah. beats and not it doesn't have yeah. to be gag, gag. We're I mean, allowed
4: to do that. <laughs> now. Back to life
2: was a, was a, was a classic example of that, wasn't it? That's, yes, that's
4: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely comedy, quite it, shocking yeah. at times and yeah. then and quite brutal and then yeah, exactly. really, yeah. really silly. <laughs> yeah,
2: yes.
4: yeah. Yes. So, but yeah. it can be
3: all that within five minutes. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I really, I like that about the world we're in now is more accepting of yes. that and you know and shows like yours are, are really good at that because there'd be times that I you know I'd be watching Back to Life and certain moments where I was like oh she didn't, she really didn't care she really <laughs> didn't care um, about whether this was a funny bit or not right. about, or about letting the audience off with the sort of exactly. relief of a laugh. It's like, yeah. you know, they can, they can handle not laughing for three minutes. Exactly. It's fine. And then yeah. it's
4: really fun undercutting something, you see. Mm. So I get such a kick out of that when I'm writing, kind of just letting something bet, be yeah. the thing and then just going, how can I pop it? Like I mean, life does all the time. Like when you have kids and, you know, my husband's mum died and then we our kid does a, be on the floor, like, you know, like, life is like that. Like, yeah. something terrible and dramatic and yeah. something ludicrous happens. That's yes. what happens. It is
2: everything
3: and at once, is And that is what's
4: interesting about it. So why yeah. would you ever avoid that? Because yeah. <laughs> that's the best bit of it.
2: Yeah, completely. Um, now, this is like a 10-part series, All right? Yes. Series one. Would you yeah. like it to be an ongoing thing that carries on? Oh, yes, for, I think yeah.
3: we would. That's the hope. That's the hope, yeah. that's the mm, hope yeah. stroke plan.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're saying for that, you you know, and because... TV feels like it where it's at. I mean, you know, you've you've both mm. been in in pretty great mm. TV shows. But yes. does it feel like the way to you that you know it's been a cliche the peak TV, the golden age, yeah. all of that? It does, but it does it feel that like, feel it, feel it, like
3: it feels like, like that, a pretty it? good time. If you're lucky yeah. enough to be doing quite well in it, yeah, it, it's a good world to be in. Yeah, you know, for the, all the reasons that everyone says, you can just kind of tell a story mm. in a sort of uh, a not pinched way. You know, you can
4: get it made faster i think i gather yeah. i've yeah. never made a film although i'd love to but i gather everyone's like oh you know when it when a telly idea gets screen lit it happens right yeah it's less complicated yeah. yes. yes and it's yeah, it's a lovely way of telling a story
3: yeah and wow. you don't have to feel you've got to do it in 10 minutes yeah, it's exactly like, yeah you because the episodes generally now they we do a few more episodes than we used to
2: yeah. and uh yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because ten is that is a different thing, isn't it? For, especially for a, is a for British show. Is is that a different like totally, British yeah.
4: America hybrid. Yeah.
2: It feels, does yes. it?
4: Well, they've
3: come more towards us, and yeah, we've come yeah. more towards yeah. them. Yeah, because I think
2: in, instantly more difficult and challenging. Is that a big a big difference from I six think, to I, ten? Yes, so? I think it is. And again, I, you know, I didn't I didn't write the show, uh,
3: but but the from what um, yes. Simon and the writers' room. Uh, from what they tell me, <laughs> uh, it's, it's there's that normal thing where past six and seven, what do we do now? Do you know what I mean, there's, yeah. there's that I mean, the inevitable arc, sort
4: of hump. Yeah, you're so used to an art yes. being six, I suppose, aren't you? So to, <laughs> yeah. then it changes. Yeah, yeah. So then that what happens quite, in yeah.
3: episode seven and eight? You know, like it it, become, it has to become a different animal yeah. sort of yeah. thing. You
4: know.
2: Yeah, right. If Tom came to you and said we want ten episodes all of a sudden of Back to Life, would you just go no? I'm not. <laughs> I am um, not?
4: I probably would say six because I yeah. feel like I know what I want to say yeah. in this next season in yeah. six. Mm. I could do I could do 7. Yeah. But I think I probably wouldn't want to do more. I'd want to keep it keep the keep it, you know, just yeah. for me because that's Fact, what I Sure. been really yeah. used to.
2: And that show, that the office for example that was a classic 6 6 wasn't it? I mean yeah. he's he's still is totally, yeah. still it was, doing it. Mean, and you know, I think these. when we
3: made that no one thought about doing any other I mean mm. there was just no that was with the, the, the number.
2: Are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that
3: was just seemed to yeah. be the number. Yeah. And it has been here for decades I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Um I don't really know why, but Yeah, I mean I, I I think I've got that in my DNA. Mm. Like, oh, it's six episodes, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I probably, I'm sure I would have gone. Or oh, should we do six of these? You know. And it was probably Chris and Simon that went. Yeah, but uh... yeah. Because yeah. again, they work more on American of TV. Of course. Yeah. Um, in in terms of actually creating the TV, I'm, I've done American TV, but I didn't create it. And mm. so I think they see the strength of you know of not yeah. making everything so small. Because I mean, I think there's something rather beautiful. You know, again. Anyone who grew up with Faulty Towers as the template, mm. right? Then you kind of think, why do you need more? Why do you? And, and there's some truth in that, you know. It, and that's what I really loved about Stephen and Ricky's decision to stop the office was, we've got nothing else to say. Yeah. You know, they could have mm. been doing it still now. Yeah. You know, we could have all been zillionaires, you know. But the, I really admired the fact that no, this is what we want to say. Mm. We, and, and it's over. And I, and I love things being finite. But it, I think it's, for me, I had to probably learn not to be too scared of there being more than six episodes of something. Yeah.
2: Are you? Are you? Do you ever go when if you stumble upon old stuff you've been in, particularly that show? Yeah. That, do you do you watch it? Oh, yeah, again? I watch yeah, I I mean, it's office, fucking yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think insane. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
3: No, yeah. no, no, I, no, I would still watch that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Well, congratulations! I think it's a fantastic show. Thank uh, you. Breeders on Sky One. No. Martin and Daisy, thank you very much. <laughs> thank, thank you. you.
0: That was Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard, which takes us into this week's reviews. So, unfortunately, it is a Sky slash Now TV triple bill this week. So apologies to those of you who don't have either of those. We're not being sponsored by them. Yes, this we? is not <laughs> like, Boyd's not been given a I'm massive not being paid, check for this. But there
2: are only, I just feel like full disclosure, the only interesting new series this week were all on Sky. It's just yeah. like, so, That's you right. know, sorry, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Sorry about
0: that, I should have been clear. Sky is a satellite service for people with television. That's what they do is they, uh, they, they get it beamed into their houses. Labels them yeah. to them. I mean you he's patronising the best of times this no, is it's you special you
1: Now TV on your laptop as well so Yes,
0: Yes. yeah, yes, no, yes. absolutely fine yeah. Yeah. well anyway our Sky Slash Now TV loving begins with the long-awaited third season of Westworld uh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan's show has shed its cowboy trappings for this one reinventing the show in the wake of Dolores' jailbreak at the end of the last one and it's now into a sort of hard sci-fi show in a sort of futuristic cityscape so it's, it's a Big change of tone and pace for this one. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood returns, joined this time around by the likes of Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul, Sons of Anarchy's Tommy Flanagan. Um, And it's very different. So boy, does Westworld still have the hosts with the most.
2: (laughs) What a blessed relief, is all I'd say. Mm -hmm. Agree completely. I I really did not like season two of Westworld. I I found (laughs) it. But do you
0: feel like like the narrative around it has You've got changed two a bit? Words out there, boys. No, but I'm <laughs> saying, time, time. No, We all talked <laughs> yeah. about this on the show, but yeah. I went like when we watched it, when you yeah. and I and Terry watched it, yeah. like we did enjoy it, and some of the episodes, like particularly the ones where you know where Tandy Newton goes to the the mm. Shogun world, like yeah. we were like, this is amazing television. It's really
2: good. Yeah, that was there was one brilliant episode. Yeah, the Native American yeah. one. Yeah, right. Uh, but I remember at the time, I, I think I th- I'm pretty sure at the time I expressed my fr- increasing frustration with it. Yeah. that it got the more slow and, more. and it just got over labyrinthine mm. and it was the puzzle box I think there's there's a difference between it's kind of two types of puzzle box TV mysteries if you like there's one like Westworld where the mystery is the creators of the show telling the story in a deliberately oblique and challenging and complicated way deliberately to test how, if you can if you can k- kind of understand what is going to happen in the end if yeah. you like so mm. and with West, I mean the twist in series one is a classic example of it where the twist was not an organic thing in the narrative. It was the twist was in the way there was a timeline you didn't know was a separate timeline. So that's like a twist in the in their narrative technique, not in the actual story. And I feel like season two like doubled down on that. Mm. And it was like all the twisty elements, all the surprises were all oh you didn't know this like there were like five timelines. I think even more fucking timelines. I remember the finale. I had no idea what was going on by the time I got to the finale and all those different places that were real or weren't real and, is, is oh it like that Poirot God. thing where when he tells you the murderer he says, this thing that you could not possibly yeah. have known yeah. was actually what happened yeah. you're like what <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Apologies so, to all French listeners. Plus, I felt they really did um, milk that setting, the visually, the the, west, the, the Western yeah. setting and the genre, to, to, to its death. I mean, it felt quite frustrating and tedious. And I could only do so much of, um, what's his name, wandering around looking confused. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Wright's character, yeah. Bernard, Bernard. Bernard, love Bernard. Um, so, this arrives, season three arrives, and I think explicitly the creators have addressed this fact because immediately it's a coherent quite old-fashioned I mean um, story about how the the um, the, un, the the robots effectively what are they called the hosts The hosts. Yes. thank you mm. <laughs> the robots they are robots they're the most sophisticated hmm. robots in the history of the whatever even more than like replicants in Blade Runner etc even more than the things in Altered Carbon I mean they are built to all intents and purposes human aren't they but with mechanical themes because they've still got emotions and I mean Evan Rachel Wood's character is now central and she is enacting her revenge she wants to destroy the human race basically and and um, as various people setting out to stop her, the corporation that ran Westworld and owned Westworld—that's it. It's like she is going to. She is now in the real quotes world, um, away from Westworld itself, the theme, the park, and she is um, a danger to all humans. Especially, <laughs> she's definitely wreaking revenge, particularly on the ones who went to the park and abused her. Um, and 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 it's fair, and it's much easier to follow. It's still got mysterious elements. There are still they introduce his character, so Aaron Paul's character—you're not quite sure who he is and what he is and what he's doing. He's he's having kind of. Um, um, visions I think it's yes. Like he secular. seems like an ex-soldier suffering a yeah. certain amount of PTSD right. and grieving for his lost yeah. comrades and right. having difficulty
0: readjusting yeah. into society but
2: how he fits in with the story is, is, is kept mm. from you a little bit you know without wanting to spoil it and um, who and why and there's a and when you, if you watch episode 2 I watched episode 2 which is Tandy Newton comes back yeah. she's not in episode 1 mm. and that there's a there's this line in that where someone talks about simulation within a simulation and I was already like oh my god we are heading back into the territory of season 2 but but it was still much clearer to me and even though really weird things happen in episode two it's kind of saying yes they don't understand what's going on either and we're trying and it's and it is like a matrix within a matrix within a simulation, simulation but it's less annoying I, I wasn't annoyed by it at all mm. it looks incredible doesn't I it think, mm. I think the whole shiny cityscape of the future the the near future but enough for everything to be weird and off kilter uses yeah. brilliant locations um, I mean a lot of it is set in London of the future set in LA of the future it all looks completely real, I believed in all of it, which I think is a difficult thing to pull off. In the way that Blade Runner does, where it feels like an entirely different It Gives you a real sense of place, right? A brilliantly um, conceived, detailed look at what the future would be like, yeah. in this world. So, I really enjoyed it, and I'm fully back in as well. It's had some really interesting ideas as well. Like, it's got the idea of like
0: a crime Uber, which I absolutely yeah. love. It's like, yeah, I want to commit nice. a crime, what's going on? That I can join <laughs> in, I'll do this, it'll boost my rating. I was like, this is something someone's actually going to do, yeah. Uh, so, I enjoyed that, but I think the prologue for this was a real statement of intent. So, there's a prologue where Dolores pays someone a visit at their house and yeah. there is nothing about that sequence that wasn't brilliant like it was it was slightly opaque at first what's going on she was really sinister and just it I, I I love the character of Dolores, and I love the the journey that she's been on from when we first meet her as this kind of like, you know, farm girl, sort of victim character, to this absolutely hard-as-nails, kick-ass machine. Uh, and you're really with her in this, and you get the sense that, I don't know, like when you mentioned getting revenge on people who visited the park, I never got the impression it was a revenge thing. I think she really has functions she needs to fulfill in the real world, and she knows these people from the park, and she's prepared to make no qualms about, like, treating them harshly because of the way they've treated her but like th- there's a sense that that's not her primary objective like she's there to to do a job and frankly if she has to kill oh, someone I, then she will do oh, I had a completely different I, okay. I was you, full on this is revenge you just yeah.
1: said she's Taking actions against them because of the way they've treated well, her. no, no, no. That's, but that's I, it's, revenge, it's it's, you it's, it's you more know, opportunistic. More like
0: she's out there. Like she needs. I'm trying not to give away plot points, but she needs to. Uh, she needs to achieve certain things, and these. This is her way of doing it. I think the ability to, shall we say, give them some comeuppance. I think is secondary to what she's trying to achieve oh, uh, by meeting I'm them.
1: I'm She's an um, angry, yeah. angry
0: lady, oh, yeah. d- <laughs> I, and and with good reason. And with good reason. But she's extremely good in this, and mm. I think they they really they really sort of utilise the fact that she is a machine and is tied into the machine world uh, to sort of experiment with what she can and can do what she isn't isn't capable of and the fact that people don't know that hosts exist outside the park is another interesting kind of plot thread running through this I thought this was super super stylish there's that an ATM heist set to and at the risk of seeming woefully out of touch I'm going to call it some kind of weird dubstep grind hybrid anyway some sort of popular music was playing and it was very very good but <laughs> uh, but I, I really enjoyed that suit because I thought it was really, really slick. Just common oh, yeah. so so, people
2: by pulp. There's a big sense
0: yes. of yes. Tessa Thompson comes back, and I was like, yeah. "Yes, I'm glad she's still in it." That also when she she turns up at a party, and all I'm going to say is that wardrobe change, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. wardrobe change <laughs> is extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. turns up uh, from the newsroom, and one episode of The West Wing. We,
1: we got Lena Waithe as well. No one told me Lena fucking Waithe's yep. in this. Yeah, yeah, being. Boss, yeah, she's brilliant. wicked. She's Absolutely. in on the heist, so she's got the kind of storyline of Aaron Paul as yeah. well. Mm. I love her, I was so excited. Yeah, she's when fantastic. Kind of pops up. Yeah.
0: yeah, were you, but so did you, you were you a Westworld fan?
1: So <laughs> I watched a, a fair amount of the first season. Mm. I don't know why I didn't finish it. Maybe something, something
0: uh, you're else not happened. alone. A lot exhausting. of people, a lot <laughs> yeah, of people go up. I,
1: I kind of, and I was really enjoying it. Maeve's arc, I found to be the strongest, yes. um, in that first season. The second, so I was watching it after, um. It had all aired, and I just heard so many bad takes on the second season that I thought I'd just prioritise watching other stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Uh and then I came back to this. The first episode was so good. They have chucked money at this, yeah. like like flawless. It's
0: all on screen as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: All at once. Just just absolutely flawless, so slick and stylish. And this new world I think is is very refreshing. Like you say, it was a, a blessed relief because it's anyone's game at this stage as to where they could have gone with this. Mm. And they were very sensible. The second one lost me a little bit. I thought it was quite sparing with its twists in the pilot, not in the pilot, with the first episode. Second one, I felt like it was slightly more fan fiction oh, y, yeah, yeah. like definitely pandering to fans. There were a lot of like simulated scenarios that had Maeve in like with a very plummy British accent. And I know she's British, but you know, and kind of dressed up in this very romanticized way. And then the twists come and come and come. I like Bernard's beard. That was worth noting. So <laughs> yeah. shout out to Bernard's beard. I love Jeffrey Wright. He's um, undercover in like a, in an abattoir, and he yeah. in At the start with this big, boss beard. He looks very biblical yeah. um, to begin yeah. with. Um, and he gets to do some cool like fist throwing
0: stuff I very much enjoyed that sequence
1: it was mm. amazing the the um, evil boss from A Star Is Born is in it I can't remember <sighs> what his name is but I was like I remember you you piece of shit and um, <laughs> wow <laughs> this one's for Jackson and um, is that Simon
2: Coulson Lee Sizemore that character is that you in Star Is Born he's got a
1: crap know. name in A Star Is Born oh, and okay. I just remember it's always Fault um, but he's in it okay. and he's crap the one person I didn't like I've forgotten his name but the character with the cane was a bit crap that Maeve is um, allies with the British guy. Oh,
2: no, that is him, yes. Yeah, so oh, him. that's him. Yeah, he is. he's always been a bit crap. He's so, a bit yeah. crap. Yeah, so the, Lee Sizemore, that character has always been a bit
1: crap. He's the yeah. weak link, but yeah. no, there's a new character and he's played by the boss who is still respawn, who I have not forgiven. So... Um, I I remember he was in it but no it was very very stylish I'll probably I'll probably stick with it but I the second episode lost me a little bit
0: okay yeah I'm very much going to stick with this enjoyed it enormously cinematography was beautiful production design Mm. was off the scale I just it was lavish it was stunning it's the kind of thing you want to
2: watch on a massive great fuck off telly (laughs) Beth in 4k yeah I'm just saying let me uh, my one critique and this this I think is goes for the whole thing so far is it can't do they can't do comedy they can't do humor rather so there are some really clunky attempts at humor even like in, in episode two when Tandy Newton's with the, do- the English mm. doofus and he at one point she says like he's trying to kind of trying to be seductive a bit and she her responses to that were really clunky I thought really clunkily written and kind of not funny and they're all being a bit kind of they're being a bit tweed between their attempts at humor I think I think they're much stronger on absolute serious you know hardcore sci-fi and philosophical ideas about what is reality mm. what it, you know what, to what extent can um, kind of can AI artificial intelligence work and you know what happens if you t- follow it, all of that stuff is brilliant. When they try me a bit funny, yeah. I think it comes across really twee. And there were a couple of moments like, particularly in episode two, I think that just weren't needed. Like, you know, I can almost sense like Tandy Newton kind of bristling as she had to say yeah. these things <laughs> to show that she was, uh, you know, kind of in the uh, uh, slightly cliche, the slightly cliched ends of her character aren't. I don't know, helped by some of the dialogue she's mm. given. that first but episode has some full frontal male nudity in there, presumably to try and make up for the
0: fact that Tandy yeah. Newton had to spend an awful lot of time did, naked in did, yeah. seasons one and two.
1: Yeah, she is a little bit in this I, I hope they don't because the second episode leans quite heavily on manipulating her and degrading yeah, does, her quite a lot I hope we don't see too much else of that yeah. is all no, I agree
0: well hard to say where this series will go I mean I have no idea no. Uh, but I think that's always true of This very excited to, to find mm. out though so that yeah. is Westworld which comes to Sky Atlantic and Now TV and drops on Monday March the 16th at 2am and 9pm and then then repeat again at at (laughs) 9pm if you're not up at 2am don't worry about it you can watch it later or you know on catch up Next up this week, the first in what turned out to be a double bill of what I'm going to dub contraceptive television. Uh, Breeders (laughs) sees two struggling parents played by Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard uh, tackling life with a newborn and two slightly older siblings uh, using as parenting manual the lesser-known Gina Ford book, Why Your Baby is a Motherfucker and You Should Tell It So. Um, This is a show so sweary, this even actually made me blush and genuinely features at one point Martin Freeman hurling sea bombs at a clock um beth happy families or baby blues
1: oh this stressed me out so much and i don't even have kids or oh, a television set but um <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna own this now uh i loved this though so this is written by it's um chris addison and simon blackwell is that yeah mm. yeah um and martin freeman as well i think it's the most <laughs> surprisingly nuanced take on parenthood that i've seen on screen in a while um it's filthy as well, which I absolutely it really love, is, yeah. and it starts with this great. Um, in a monologue, well, the, he's he's obviously saying to himself, but it's uh, Martin Freeman kind of talking himself into going up and having a confrontation with his children who are up late on a very important night for him. Like he's got a big day the next day. And it starts with him downstairs kind of psyching himself up to go upstairs and confront his kids in a way that doesn't make them cry. Um, because And he's like, come on, come on now, because then if they cry, you're going to feel terrible. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. And he's psyching himself up. And you know he's going to go and, and shout until he cries and they cry and everyone's upset. You know, it's coming in, but you still, you're with him every step of the way. And when he goes in and inevitably loses it and screams and swears and fucks in their faces, <laughs> you're just like, oh, but you meant so well. And I just think that sets it off on just the right foot. Um, it was so brilliantly written. I love the swears. I mean, the swears are, are parenting, isn't it? Mm. Whether you you say them out loud or not, it's just those first 18 years of your life, I imagine a one big swear. Um loved this absolutely love this um and it was good to see martin freeman do something because he's so skittish isn't he mm. his whole demeanor is skittish and he's saying this thing and then he's over his, you know another thing and then just very quick mood changes and his face is doing a million things at once and that conflict that he wears so well i think just makes him perfect for this i, I really enjoyed it even though as i say stressed me the fuck out
2: yeah i 100 percent agree i remember i some. You know, classic name drop. I interviewed um, Freeman on the set of Sherlock years ago, and I never forget. It was so clear in my mind that um, we interviewed him in the cafe next to in Baker in the Baker Street set. You know, it's the cafe they use constantly that where he would meet oh, Sherlock, and, yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. So I had a, quite quite a big chat with him, and he was brilliant. And then until his kids ca- came in from school, they picked up from school, and they ran in. I was we were across the, the table in this cafe, and he got really stressed out because he didn't want the journalist, i.e., me, not not in any you know horrible way. I'm just with you. Well, you know, I, I'm, you know quite well, he's just really stressed out with the idea of anyone seeing him and his kids, you know, because it's just stressful, you know, having your kids interrupting a professional moment. And when I interviewed him for, for this podcast, it was clear that he's using his own experiences like that of just the stress, the daily stress of being a parent is so brilliantly done. And it's mm. such a simple concept, really. And it's kind of like the concept of Motherland, really. You know, the Sharon Horgan mm. show as well. But that obviously is much more focused literally on the mothers, w- with one exception. And even he is kind of like, you know, he's, he's, he's their mother, effectively um gender gender heteronormative stereotypes um forgive me for 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 using those but this, the idea is literally let's do an ultra realist look at the daily <laughs> nightmares of parenting and it's brilliant and it's, it's all in the writing and the performances I think he and Daisy Haggard who I love back to life Daisy's own show that, that we, I think we reviewed last year didn't we um, was a brilliant piece of TV that, 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 and she's doing another series I'm really excited about that but the chemistry between her and Martin Freeman they do know each other they've known each other for a mm. while in real, in, in real life it's so effortless you totally believe they are a couple as, you know, as much as loads they've just reminded me of real couples I know with kids it's so brilliantly observed I think um, Simon Blackwell and Chris Addison's directing a lot of it I think they've done such a great job of it looks great it's shot in London it makes London look really nice but not not like so you're sitting back going oh that looks nice it's still every single scene works being either funny or brilliantly observed or dramatic Michael McKean pops up from Spinal Tap as her dad as a dodgy dad a good for nothing day or dead I mean he is an absolute fucking legend from <laughs> of course um, the Breaking Bad prequel as well although he's carried Died, and um, I just love it. Yeah, it's really, really great. And and you're right. See Martin Freeman in just. I feel like the character that's very close to him, and that moment. That's why I mentioned the moment. It felt like that. That little moment was something, something out of this show. And 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 I think it's great. Yeah,
0: it's it, it is. I I got that. Like I watching this because Martin Freeman has talked in interviews about how it irritates him the way when people come up to him they expect him to be Tim from The Office mm. they expect him to be Dr. Watson he's, that's yeah. not who he's like and funnily enough I do I, like, I don't know him in the slightest but I felt this felt like a really genuine role like this was there was much more of Martin Freeman in this than maybe anything else he's ever done yeah. um, this shocked me quite a lot <laughs> and I don't and like, and like, don't get me wrong I have absolutely no problem with squaring and as, as anyone who listens to this podcast and the explicit rating which I think I'm responsible for and Terry uh, will know, but wait till he reminds me of Ricky Gervais. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> but but like, there's a level of swearing in this that I was a bit like Jesus Christ, and I don't know. I found this stressful because I was like. Initially, I was quite thrown by the level of genuinely awful parenting on display in this in this TV show. But it's deliberately exaggerated. And the idea is that they're trying to externalise what parents internalise. Uh, but they're saying that this is what you want to And they had this discussion with this wife about what duvet they would smother their children with. And like, and I get it. I get it. But like, I was looking at it thinking, you're a terrible parent and your wife is enabling you. And frankly, that is really, really upsetting me.
2: But... But I, I went with it after that. Where's and a sense of humour? I know, but well, therein lies <laughs> yeah, the problem, doesn't oh it, boy. Yes. Um
0: It does explore the mental toll that parenting does take on people and how it's something that maybe doesn't probably get explored. Uh, I also I thought I thought hats off to the division of labour in this particular relationship. I was like, fair play to him. He's taken half of all the sort of night watches. Although, and I've got to ask, in what household did two children who looked about what? Four and seven, something like that, mm. are up all night and not sleeping. Like I mean, the newborn, sure, but like none of these kids were ever in bed.
2: I was like, what kind of house are you running here? I remember being seven, eight years old and always wanting to stop as late as possible. So that's just a thing, isn't it? Some kids have that thing. I, I went to bed on time. Um but yes, this did uh, it,
0: it was it was it was very, very well written, very well observed and it just is, as Beth very correctly says, extremely stressful. Um <laughs> But yes, that's that's Breeders and Breeders Drops on Sky One on Thursday, March the 12th. Finally this week, we have Mrs. Fletcher, a show that aired in the US last year and stars Catherine Hahn as a single mother experiencing empty nest syndrome when her son, who and I feel it's necessary to point this out, is a horrific little shitbag who at no point did I ever not want to punch repeatedly in the face. When he heads off to uni, most people would, of course, have celebrated, but she was slightly upset, and she has to discover a new life of her own. Now, this comes to us from The Leftovers' Tom Perotta, and, uh, quite frankly, if the last show didn't make you want to swear off having children, then this one absolutely will. Um, And apropos of nothing, (laughs) this episode contains an unexpected hit of hardcore pornography, which I have to say, took me rather by surprise and added some delightful awkwardness to my morning commute while I was watching it. Oh
2: my god. I thought
0: you were going to say you watched it in the office. It's pretty fucking explicit and I was watching it on the train and it was suddenly like, whoa! What the hell is happening? Um, So, Boyd, what did you make of this? And by that I mean the show Not So Much The Porn. Mm.
2: Well, it kind of is all about that. This is is the one I was referring to. When I said before, I think, you know, it's hard to judge on the opening. This, This one, is going to go. It's going to all be all about this woman's this yes. um, exploration of pornography. That is the kind of big. Oh right, I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, mm. that is the big thing of it. So I managed because having got Tossed you anyway. I've, I watched the second episode. Yeah. So um and and it's and I think Sky's waited for it all to be available so they can show it in one go. It's partly what sometimes they wait for a long time. It, I mean, and what, initially I was like, this feels quite kind of normal, <laughs> kind of not particularly challenging or bold. Certainly, like, stylistically, it's directed by Nicole Holofsena, this episode, who I love. I think she's... I love her films. But they are quite formally unchallenging. You know, they're fairly straightforward. Do you know what I mean? In the terms like She tells the story, she establishes characters, and she lets it play out. Yeah. Almost in a kind of you know, Woody Allen, late 70s type way. Um, whereas, and this felt, much of a piece of her films in the way it was paced, and yet it's a half hour, in quotes, comedy. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm not sure if this technique is really going to work for this, co- this show, because it feels quite uneventful, as I say. And then you think it's a Tom Perotta story, mm. and of course, The Leftover is one of the greatest yep. dramas of all time, and a high concept, you know, thing about the end of the world in some ways, or, you know, it, well, yeah, in many ways, this again it feels like some su- small suburban but if you I've read quite a few of his novels that is a constant concern mm. of his of course it's a, his stuff is as much about the kind of real lives that people lead beneath the surface of the white picket fence and the suburban world and this is going to be all about Mrs Fletcher's dis- in- discovery use and interest in porn and other things now that her now that she's got this empty nest and she's on her own and and this is all this first episode was all about the emptiness syndrome and it got and I was moved by that and it was quite to to see her melancholy at her as you say total prick of a son he was the worst I have not hated a character on television
0: as much in a very long time and he
2: was so awful and almost stereotyped like the jock you know high school jock again I felt like oh this is all a bit kind of unchallenging but I think you have to carry on watching it to get to that because it will become much more Intriguing and weird, and 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 the, finally enough, the hardcore moment is the moment. That's what it's all going to be all about. Yeah. and in fact, what happens to him <laughs> at college is really interesting. Just without spoiling it, basically he's he's this, this jock in high school who you know they all kind of look up to and feels cool. But once he gets to the American college system, where everything is, you know, to use those tedious phrases, political correctness, wokeness. I'm not. I'm not validating those phrases I'm just saying that's what people refer to yeah. the American College system as he has to deal with all of that and, and it won't go well
0: there is a sequence in this that actually really bugged the shit out okay. of me which I'm sure I, Beth I'm sure I, I can't imagine you were thrilled <laughs> by the bit where he encounters his ex-girlfriend at the party and then they have a text yeah. exchange and then she comes to visit him yeah. and there were so many parts of that that just went I get that they're trying to make me hate this character but I felt like there was an element okay. of validating that kind of behaviour do you know what I mean I just, mm. I just so deeply unnecessary and I was also really really irritated with her as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just that whole thing enraged me.
1: Yes, I agree with that. I think as a standalone episode, it frustrated me a little bit, although I was very excited by it at the same time. Like, I really want to see the second episode. Mm. And I came into this because we got this quite late, so I didn't read up on mm. it. I just was like, I'll watch it. I'll see what I think on on impact. And as soon as Catherine Hahn came on, I was sold because I adore Catherine mm. Hahn. Yeah. I loved her in I Love Dick. I loved her in... Um, uh, private life so the the um, film she did with Paul Giamatti and I loved her in Transparent I think she's oh, yeah. a great great comedy actress but she can also really carry big storylines in dramatic television as well so big fan of her anyway um, but the I started to see instance like Kind of ripples of where it was going, but not till the end of the episode. By which time, I was hugely frustrated with the son mm. to the point where I couldn't really sympathise with her and just wanted the fucker out. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's like the epitome of toxic mas- masculinity. Yeah, yeah, he's the product of a broken home. We establish that the dad is absent, largely and yeah. irresponsible, and doesn't prioritise him or his ex-wife. So we get we get this setup is very cohesive, but it takes up all of the first episode, and it's only right yeah. at the end that you start to see sh- that she's going to have a. Sexual Awakening, there's a cool twist with somebody who knows the sun. And when that happened, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be really good. And then the episode ended. (laughs) And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So, yeah, as a standalone episode, I wasn't quite sold.
2: Yeah. I it's really then... frustrating because I think they could. They what uh, I feel. I you know. I mean, who am I? So, but I think they could have cut down. We know how, how what prick the sun is. Yeah, you don't need that many sequences showing what prick the sun is. Tone it down. Tone and that then... down. Mm. Get to her story quicker. Yeah, and it would have been so much better that first because I think Cause... it's going to be really good. Does it, Karen? Yeah, it doesn't do a good job of setting up the show no. until the very end, yeah. and you're not quite sure where it's
0: going.
1: Yeah. This is it. She's just a doormat. You're just watching yeah. Yeah. And her be a be a drippy doormat which you know she's she's not programmed yeah. to be in any shape or form so yeah you just kind of get this build I will be interested to see him immersed in the college system it reminded me a bit of you know 21 Jump Street where they go back to yes. high school <laughs> yes. and they're like what? everyone's gay and cool and like yeah, friends yeah. with that's each exactly other that's exactly what it's like. and yeah. aren't, aren't a thing anymore um, so I'm interested to see how he kind of recalibrates himself which I hope he does obviously he can't get any worse um yeah. but yeah as a standalone I was I was frustrated because mm. I wanted to see I wanted to see her take off a lot quicker
2: yeah absolutely yeah
0: yeah, it was. Uh, am I the only one who found like genuinely like almost like a gog at the like? Because there's a bit where she's browsing the porn site and you see a still.
1: You were obsessed with this a porn, porn still. You? <laughs> no, you see a porn
0: still, and I was like, oh, I said that's surprising to you. And then there's there's video footage of some woman rubbing her undercarriage on some bloke's face, and you're like, this is quite. You know, maybe it's just because I was on the train and the looks think... the woman sitting next to me <laughs> gave <laughs> me. I cannot emphasize <laughs> enough the judgment in her face. I almost wanted to say, so I'm really sorry. It's not I, honestly. It's a, it's a legitimate. Set. I'm not
2: I'm not sitting here on this train I've watching got this pornography. Of you. I've got, right, watching this thing, that moment, and then w- literally showing her the rest of it, showing, it's just Catherine Arnes. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, no, no, it's, no, no, it's a proper Tom Perotta wrote yeah, it. It's she's got a story. She's going to create Rogers now, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's all
0: fine. <laughs> was that, but the thing is, and I swear to God, this is it almost seems like a, a terrible sitcom. It was at that moment that she clearly looked at the screen and then did that classic thing where she just looked at me once and just sort of sighed and looked so away. And I'm like, no. I really want to see, I want to see a video of
2: this.
1: man. <gasps> yeah, I'd read it back Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah.
2: It
0: was, it was, it was interesting times.
1: <laughs> <But> yes. <laughs>
2: yes. You know, there's one really sad thing about this though. Do you know about this? What? Well, that, um, the actor called Cameron Boyce, who plays his roommate when he goes to college, died recently. Oh, did he? Age 20. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really sad story. Like he had epilepsy. There was oh. something, epilepsy complications. So, and he is really good. He's really, really good. I've seen yeah. him in a few things. Yeah. So that's, it's dedicated to him. Okay. At the end. I I want to mention that. Yeah. Shame. Really sad story. Yeah.
0: Well that is Mrs. Fletcher and this one is on Sky Comedy uh, and drops on Tuesday March the 10th at 10.15pm After Curb uh, After Curb job. and late don't watch it on a train watch it in your house <laughs> on a telly if you have one mm. um, Also out this week what have we got? boys? Oh
2: um, I don't know how to do that bit. <laughs> you I mean, right. not much, that's why we had three shows from Sky. I know. Well, Vikings is
0: coming to oh, okay. History TV. Obviously that's already been on Amazon, so it's not yeah. exciting, but it's on that's coming to history on March 10th. Uh, what else is coming? On my block is coming to Netflix. I don't know what that is. Project Blue Book is back. It's coming to Sky Fi, totally, yeah, that's yeah. on uh, on Thursday, March twelfth. Uh, and that's about it. What would you two single out as your pick of the week?
1: It's a tough one this week, I think. I know what you two are going yeah. to put, probably. So I'm going to say breeders. Oh, I
2: think I'm saying breeders as well. Oh, great! Yeah, wicked. I'm, Westworld returned to film, but breeders yeah. is mine. Like, mine would is. probably be Westworld, but yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, good, good.
1: Wait, so good. hang on, which one? did you hate? I thought you really had a no, no, no I didn't
2: hate. No, the one. I, it was the one I was worried about, the, um, Mrs. Fletcher not yeah. not um, getting to its point right. until the end. I, I was judging it on that one episode. Mm. That's okay. why I was talking about. it. Well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it is,
0: and it is difficult, isn't it? Like, like pilot shows are often not representative of what a series yeah. is going to be because they have to cover so much ground to yeah. set up the. I actually
2: think they've done a bad job in getting to the point of this particular story I think I yeah. could have done it better and I'm blaming Tom Perot I think wrote, <laughs> yeah. re- wrote it I mean, Tom I'm, I'm, Tom, Who? you've created one of the best stories in <laughs> history of television but come on try harder yeah. with this episode absolutely right.
0: that <laughs> um, right well before we go shall we head on to the Banshee segment where we celebrate a show from the days of yore otherwise known as boys' Childhood um <laughs>
2: <laughs> Boy, yeah, because you're so young, <laughs> young and spry. With my yeah. fear of pornography,
0: yeah. um, yes, yes. Boyd, what have you got uh, for us? I,
2: my, I, so I was inspired by Michael McKean who I love in everything, and uh, um, being in um, uh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> Breeders. I just it. I'll do that again. Michael McKean being in Breeders, I love him. And he is in a show that I've been wanting to mention for quite a long time called Primetime Glick. Martin Short's character, Jiminy Glick, have you heard of this character? What no. Because a lot of name? people haven't, and I, haven't. I love introducing people to this what character. What is it? it? He is the world's worst chat show host. Jiminy Glick is like one of those um, Hollywood reporters that you'll see in like a tabloid-style American show, like Entertainment Tonight kind of thing. Completely moronic. Um, has been interviewing um, famous people, mostly in junkets for like most of his life. He's completely like obsessed with the world of Hollywood and stars. Is I mean, he happens to be grotesquely obese, but that's neither the unless. It's Martin Short in a big fat suit. Uh, I love Martin Short anyway. Everything he does, I absolutely love him. But I find this character incredible. And he did a whole series back in the 90s. I think, well, in fact, I no, not sorry, it's 2001 onwards, where he just met and interviewed famous people. Jerry Seinfeld's in it, Michael McKean's in it, Michael McKean recurs in it quite a lot, in fact, which is why I'm reminded of him. Um, Rob Lowe, Billy Crystal, um, and they're all on YouTube, I think. I certainly found quite a few on YouTube. Um, so if you, if you Google Prime Type Glick, find on YouTube and you'll just see like the Joey Seinfeld one, him people trying to, people like Joey Seinfeld trying to maintain a straight face while Martin Shaw as Jiminy Glick interviews them is absolutely fucking hilarious. So there you go. Primetime Glick. Wow. I've never heard of that.
1: I've never no, heard of that. Yeah, they even
2: did a film called Jiminy Glick in La La Land. <laughs> Which I've got on DVD. That's
1: just tickled me. Yeah. Just I mean that. it's brilliant.
2: Honestly, the cult of Jiminy Glick is out there. Any other Jiminy Glick fans? Feel free to get in touch. I just
1: That's want to hear the you say group. Jiminy Glick over and over yep. again. It's brilliant. I'm happy to do.
2: because I say
0: I Martin Short? Like I was just thinking, Martin Short. Why have I seen him in recently? Because he's in the Morning Show, isn't he? That he yeah. plays the uh, Me 2s esque yes, character. It. That it's fucking um, it, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That he turns up to that uh, Steve Carell turns up, and they're like they're bonding, and yeah. then Steve Carell's like, Oh no, you you yeah, really are a predator. A real, yeah. It's you're a real brat, and he's that yeah. realization that actually maybe he's not a good yeah. guy—it's yeah. a, it's a great scene. Le-
2: Yeah, that scene pointing out the levels of yeah. abuse. Yeah, That yeah. 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 that basically Martin Short's character is like your Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> as opposed to yeah, know? he's fantastic. He's and good. I mean, him—I could go on about him all day, but I'm practically <laughs> am. But him, his episode of <laughs> Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is also my favourite and is phenomenal. It was in the last season that's on Netflix. Uh,
1: every episode, I I always want to go away and watch what you. Well, okay. Laptop. which is <laughs> that's the last compliment I can boys.
0: <laughs> Beth uh, what have you got
1: <laughs> so based on mums being problematic in Mrs Fletcher not that she is but you know what I mean uh, I went with um, United States of Tara Uh, Uh, which was Diablo Cody's show it started 10 years ago I do believe though watching it back and seeing young Brie Larson in it it has to be like it has to have been Mm. like 10 years ago so this is Diablo Cody who wrote Juno and she wrote Jennifer's Body Um, it stars Tony Collette uh, post Muriel's Wedding pre-Hereditary playing Tara she has a condition where her personality kind of splinters off into various different kind of split style I guess Mm. but she turns into various different manifestations of her character when she's triggered by something that happens. Um, Usually if one of her kids kind of acts out or something that she can't really control in her life, that she can't really cope with, one of these personalities like takes over. Um, The dialogue around mental health has come on, (laughs) quite a lot since uh, that show came out um, there are times I've watched it and I'm like oh this is quite clunky um, in what they're trying to say about mental health issues and, and about having issues with personality and insecurities but I really like the way that this show handles mental illness in a family unit and how the family it's really it's a wonderful cast we've got kia gilchrist in it who's in atypical and then john corbett who is aiden in sex in the city um who's just this wonder dad who kind of when these different personalities come out he finds a way to include them in the family so buck is this kind of butch kind of trucker kind of girl guy who comes out and they take them bowling and you know they just find ways to kind of welcome this mental illness into the family and it's really really sweet and a really good cast Brie Larson's cute as hell in it um, and I really like it Diablo Cody I still maintain is a brilliant writer and mm, she is and uh, yeah it's on uh, Amazon Prime all of it so you can watch it I've never seen
2: that I've always meant to actually I missed it at the time well, I watched the first few episodes it was great it was really good three yeah. seasons it yeah. got I think which, yeah, it did, yeah. uh, I was no, surprised right. to see but I... I think it was on a weird channel here like or even did even get a channel a proper yeah Back then, uh, yeah, Obviously It was like
1: showbiz, not- I think it was. Um, yeah, but now it's all like on... Uh, yeah, Amazon
2: that's print.
0: brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Uh, I think both of yours are probably better than mine. So f- mine doesn't really hang on to anything this week either. It's just because, frankly, I did it last minute and I was just sort of reaching for something. So in the end, I've decided to Banshee Shooter. Shooter? Um, shooter, <laughs> shooter? Shooter. <laughs> so, shooter. shooter. Uh, which actually only finished in 2018, so it's quite recent. Mm. So around three years. This is an adaptation of an adaptation of uh, a novel by Stephen Hunter. So this was a film with Mark Wahlberg. Did you ever watch yeah, it? Yeah, Shooter? Yeah, 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 Which a lot of people heralded as the new Commando, <laughs> which wow. is a good and a bad thing. I absolutely loved that film for all its unashamed stupidness. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I was thrilled when it was coming to TV. And this replaces... Uh, Wahlberg is replaced here by Ryan Felipe, uh, who plays... <laughs> The best leading man ever, Bob Lee Swagger.
1: Oh God. And
0: Bob Lee Swagger is a retired uh, sniper and uh, he gets pulled out of retirement to sort of consult on something and gets framed for trying to assassinate the president, I believe it is. And so the whole first season and indeed is basically the plot of the film, which is him trying to clear his name while on the run, while being this crack Marine Corps sniper or whatever he is. Um, so I, it's, it's loads of fun. I really enjoyed the first season of this. It's it's quite fun. It explores the concept more, obviously because of the run runtime than the uh than the film did and his did i mention his name is bob lee swagger And what is not to love about that that, Um, season two i watched as well i will concede season three i just stopped because you know (laughs) one season was fun and season two which involved a russian hitman with broken arm was fine as well but season three i was like okay this is now this is outstanding welcome and lo and behold it got cancelled at the end of season three but I suppose this is a slightly weird recommendation. What I'm actually saying is, you know, maybe watch the first season if you like, watch season two. Or, frankly, you could skip it and just watch the film, which is an hour and a half. And you get much the same hit from that. But do one of those things because it's really fun. (laughs) <laughs>
1: it sounds like the made up show you would get in a show, yeah. like framed yeah. for trying to it's shoot the president. Framed
0: for trying to shoot the president. Bob Lee Swagger. So
1: these are from like 30 work.
0: It's pretty special. <laughs> it's pretty special. But there are 31 episodes of it, should you feel the need. Nope. Uh, right. Okay. Well, I think none of us win that. If if any of them, like I if think. You're not going to win that. None, none of us win us are that. Whoever win. wins, okay. you lose, <laughs> uh, is I guess what I'm saying to Day that. Fire law. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, but I think. That is it for another episode of the Pilot TV Podcast. Please give us all the stars on iTunes. And if you're of a mind, shower us in complimentary reviews. If you'd like to help us crowdfund Bet's TV, our (laughs) GoFundMe page will be up shortly. (laughs) <laughs> you know think of it as a public service Leave help a girl out Leave um, <laughs> all three of us do have a tendency to tweet and Instagram from time to time and that is a good way to keep in touch if you're enough of mind to do that as well and you can do so at James C. Dyer at Boyd Hilton and at Beth K. Webb uh, be Absolutely sure to join us next week when if my the website that I check is to be believed, there's literally no TV on. But Boyd has assured me there will be shows. Yeah, they will be. be coming. We will review them, including Julian
2: Fellows Belgravia. I, I think, think it's gonna be there. a Julian Fellows Double Bill. Is like it two of his series <gasps> launched in the same week fellows are back it, yeah. to back How fellows fest. so
0: Belgravia is like Downton Abbey 2 The
2: Reckoning and the English
0: game is Downton Abbey meets football oh I mean that I'm yeah. clearly going to hate <laughs> yeah. but
2: I'm, I'm all about
0: Belgravia I'm very excited about that it's like that you know posh soap stuff I can get on with that but yeah. even if it wasn't it'll give us a little bit of extra time to start soaking up all the Disney Plus stuff yeah. because Disney Plus lands of course on March 24th yes. and we'll want to be reviewing a bunch of that and of course with Disney Plus comes the long awaited arrival on these shores of the Mandalorian. Ooh. Which we will finally get to watch. Beth can wear her I can wear
1: my t-shirt. I can, uh,
0: yes. We'll get to find out what this baby Yoda thing everyone's talking about <laughs> is. Uh, so you can all look forward to that. This is the way. Pilot out.